Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Good, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing fine. Um, I've, I'm making the trip down from the Justice League satellite, going through the time bubble, arriving at Legion headquarters in the 31st <laughs> century. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis has taken over the Legion. Everyone now talks in massive sentences um, and just huge <laughs> word balloons all over. Like it's, it's almost hard to work out where I am due to the word balloons that are cluttering the page. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, probably not the best time to be uh, visiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's looks fantastic. I'll say that. You know what I mean? Like, looks great. Oh, for sure. Uh, great, yeah. great art. But um, so this week on Legion Outpost, we're doing two things, listeners. We're catching up to issue ten with the current Bendis run of the Legion, since Bendis has, I mean, effectively restarted the Legion. Um, and then we're also doing our classic run, which we're going to sort of do, um, which was issues, what was it, 195 and then 197 or 201, I think? Yep. Mm -hmm. Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes, um, which, by the way, I really enjoyed. Um, I'd been reading, as you know, I'd been reading a bit of that stuff, um, and I think I'd read 200, actually, um, myself just recently, so I reread it again last night. So there are two two very different. And what period is the classic era? Is that like early seventies? Uh, yeah, early seventies. I kind of consider it the very earliest Bronze Age stuff. Like, there's probably sure. a few stories before that, but sure. this is the start of the Bronze Age. Yeah, when that that fits, like that early seventies. That's when um, Julie Schwartz took over Superman. Um, they got rid of Kryptonite. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely the early 70s is the start of the Bronze Age, I believe, in, in comics, at least at DC. Um, so, first things first, um, let's talk Bendis on Legion before we even get into an issue-by-issue issue breakdown. We, we've, we've read ten, 10 issues now. Um, we read 7 to 10 this time. I read them all last night and this morning. Um, I've got to be honest, it's not pulsatingly great it's not terrible but and the characters are there you feel like the characters are there and the potential's there but the way Bendis is telling this story I feel like I've, I've read 10 issues of intro you know and I'm sure he could have done this in a in a better way you know to make it more exciting yeah it's it's kind of odd the way he's been plotting and I I can speak more to that maybe because I've read all of his Superman and uh, young justice yep. and it just feels like there's something weird about the way he's plotting where it seems almost circular where mm. the heroes will go here and they'll do this and then they'll go fight this person and then they'll go here and then they'll fight this person again and it's like i thought i already read that issue because yeah. how many times has he fought the horaz or general crab oh, where it all kind of seems to just never end i don't know yeah but like it's it, exactly it's really dull like it's like if it was a tv show they keep fighting the same people the same conversations i i get that he's sort of fleshing out his defense will be i'm trying to make it new reader friendly but i always say to that choose a smaller team give them an exciting story and flesh the characters out that way it's it's far more entertaining to read than this kind of slow intro method with I don't know, as you say, this kind of circular sort of rotating plot. I don't know. It's just, it looks great, which, and I think the art really helps. 
Um, the books, a, a lot. Oh, yeah, the art's great. Uh, yeah. Especially here, we have the gimmick where there's a different artist for each page, which I thought was kind of cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Um, but, yeah, what you were saying, it is a large cast, and he kind of took it upon him. You know, he made it so that he has to reintroduce all these characters mm. when he or editorial decided that they were going to reboot, you know. So yeah. now classic the readers, you know, we don't really know anything about the characters any more than anybody else. Um, but not only did he do that, you know, he took the bulk of the, you know, the classic cast, and then he's adding like six other characters who barely have names. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like having new characters, and I like having all the characters, but I do think he would be better off writing a smaller group because yeah. there's a lot of scenes here where you just have interchangeable dialogue yes. to this character or that character. Exactly. Yeah. And, like and little quips people just sitting like... around, like, at times, like... Like, there are things I like. Uh, like, I really like his triplicate girl. I think that's a really interesting... I've always liked triplicate girl, you know? Um, yeah. in, in general. I think she's a cool character. And he's kind of gone in a bold new direction with that character. And I, and I kind of like it. I think it's kind of fun, frankly. Um... You know, uh, yeah. there are things I like, but it, it's almost like I just don't understand what Bendis is doing, why he's doing this slow drip story. Um, this doesn't, weirdly, this doesn't feel new reader friendly. It actually still feels like this is for the for the Legion of Superhero diehards um, because it's just not a compellingly told tale, if you know what I mean. Like... Yeah, I mean, uh, if we go back to the John stuff where he was reintroducing characters, he kind of created reasons for part of the team to not be around initially. Yeah. And we were able to kind of get a slow drip of these characters coming in. And I think, you know, that was a better introduction. Uh, I think the Mark Wade run is a better introduction of the characters. In the first issue, you yeah. kind of get a better feel for... Especially that first trade, you get a feel for most of the characters, but he, you know, he probably has ten less members there. Hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. I read Mark Wade at the time uh, when it came out in singles. I was collecting it because I was collecting the previous version. I kept with Mark Wade. I thought Mark Wade did a much more entertaining. I think that's what Bendis isn't very entertaining anymore. It's just sort of like um, very formulaic and not interesting. Like it's. It's almost like he just thinks, okay, get character... Like, it's almost like he's writing by equation. Get character on page. The, the, at the start, they narrate a bit of their backstory, uh, then reference back to continuing subplot with the guy from Rimba, you know, mention the president, the end. And Well, yeah. I would compare it to somebody driving, like, 50 miles per hour in, like, a 55, you know, five miles under the speed limit. Yeah. It's kind of what it feels like, where you're like, okay, there's things here that are catching my interest and where's that going to go but then it just he kind of just stays at 50 miles per hour the whole time whereas yeah. if you look, think about somebody like jeff johns he'll be introducing concepts that are important and then the next arc will kind of build on it and you'll learn more about the characters mm. but here it's just kind of like just kind of trudging along i mean I, I stack this against as you say the jeff johns superman and the legion of superheroes which was the you know the that was just so much more entertaining you know um, but anyway, what, what can I ask sure. before we get into the issue by issue breakdown? What is the general consensus amongst the? I mean, you're much more in touch with like the Legion fan base, you know, due to your, or your years of being involved, like on Facebook and all that. What, what's their consensus of of 
the of the Bendis era run? Um, I'd say it's about fifty-fifty. Uh, there's a lot of people like me that are kind of in the middle, and then there's a lot of people that hate it, and then there's a lot of people that are very, you know, enjoy it or are very defensive of it. Um, okay. you know, frankly, I'm just happy we have a book, so yes, I'll, yeah. I'll put up with it. But you know, if I it gets hate, to be I like, I don't hate it, but I just think, as you say, it's it's almost. Uh, you, you, I almost feel like they're kind of wasting time, you know. Like, yeah. And I all, and I and really it, don't think it's that new reader friendly. I I really think that this is. Oh, look, I get it. Legion is a tough sell. You know what I mean? Like, great yeah. characters, great concept. I personally love it, but it is a tough sell to a new reader, and that's why I think you're wiser to do a four to six issue. That's what I do. I do a four to six issue arc with a select group of characters, like no more than probably six or seven, and and focus on that, and then slowly you introduce the wider cast. Whereas Bendis has gone everyone all at once, you know. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, well, first, I I think I'd be easier on him if I didn't read all of the Young Justice and Superman in action and saw like those books I was enjoying almost yes. you know like this one, yeah. but then I saw over time he just never went anywhere so i think i'm being a little more hard on him because i was let down like three times to yes. where now i'm just like that's probably where this is headed too well that that that, um, that is bendis now that is that is yeah. how he writes now you know it's just odd yeah. um the other thing was you know what you said about uh doing a smaller team i think he could have done that or even he did a book called legion of superheroes millennium Yes, and the Legion of Superheroes were on one double-page spread in that entire book, and it's that like was the that one with the, the Rose character, wasn't it? Was What's that the that? one with the Rose character going through the the Millennium? Yeah, and that's fine that he wanted to do that, but uh, that would have been a good way to introduce the Legion. He they also had an arc in Superman where they showed up, but even there they didn't get to do much. But you could have done something with like their origins. Mm. Um, and let me ask you this: yeah. uh, You've read ten issues. How much has Rose been important? Hardly at all. Like yeah. she's had a couple of conversations with the president. That's literally about it. You know, she's been so sidelined that it, you would almost forget that she was even there. You know? Yeah. So it's been a year almost, and it's like, is he ever going to pick up on what what's important about her? I think the more interesting. I mean, I didn't read Millennium, but I, I know the basic concept is Rose is like an immortal character that went from the end of, or sorry, the age of heroes in the 21st century through to the Legion time, and she went through all the different changes in the DC universe, like the like the apocalypse and last Ma last commandy, last boy, or whatever, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was cool to, with all the different artists, but what's it got to do with this? You know. Well, what I think would have been a better idea, and I'm surprised they didn't do was kind of do almost like what they did with Batman when he was coming back. So you could have in all the different eras you could have had like a legionnaire with her or something yeah, like cool. yeah like you know what i mean because because the legion travel through time you could have had like a stranded time bubble in each era or something just so you could have slowly introduced some legion members through the course of the um issues that's, that's what i would have done you know and yeah and i love I, that i mean yeah. then you would get like you know six or eight pages with a legionnaire and yeah. that that's a lot of time yeah and by the end of the however many issues it was the you know four or six issues whatever at least uh, the readers have been introduced to some legionnaires other than just she appears in the 30th century and they're all there then there's no point you know it makes the whole yeah. thing pointless 
Um, <laughs> like you've wasted all this time, and and really, I've been not, I'm not having read it. Uh, I'm sure that like he's just going to eras like Last Commandy, Last Boy that have already been explored, and just doing his version of that for an issue. Like he's not, you know, doing anything radically fucking different. Like I don't know. He just I, I'm surprised he didn't do that, but. We have what we have. Shall we start with issue seven, uh, Adam, and um, try to come to grips sure. with it? Uh, this was good, actually. Wildfire, uh, I was happy to see, um, was the guy doing his intro. Um, yeah, and this has kind of been the place where I feel like we've learned the most about the Legionnaires is when they yes. get the, uh, I don't know what they're called, the recap page. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, and I kind of enjoy it and that's see this is one page where I, I will forgive all these word balloons because I think that like um at least you get a lot of information. Like it literally is just a page of like the it's just you know, the artist has a picture and then Bendis just does some rundown. And I don't mind that because I think you get a lot of information in one page. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's been doing that with all of his books. It's kind of like how Marvel has the recap page, but here I feel like it's a little better because you get some new art and you yeah. get to highlight their faces. Uh, and in uh, Wildfire's origin here, it kind of sounds like his origin is pretty similar to um, what we will read. Yes. Well, what we read in the Superboy issues. Yes. Yeah. I, and I've got a question. The writing down the bottom is is that Kryptonese or is that just totally made up? And is that that's called Interlac? So that's oh. what the Legion technically speak, and I that's what you'll see written. It, now I've got another question for you: Is that like Klingon in that it's a real language that people can actually learn? Like, so the real Legion, you know, diehards from the seventies, can they write in Interlac? Is it actually a language? Uh, you, they probably could write in it and read it, but it's not really a language in the sense that. It's just like each symbol correlates a different letter, so it's right. like a simple cipher. Yes, and I noticed that on one page where it was saying Krypton, and then I noticed that the um, the symbols were the exact same amount of letters as Krypton, so I was just wondering if like A is like a funny squiggle, B is another funny squiggle, which is what it sounds like. Yeah, it was kind of a... Giffen and Levitch thing, I yes. think, is where it originated. Here, Bendis uses it a lot, where it's kind of like nobody really wants to do all the work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay, uh, all right. No, well, that answers my question though. Um, still not a fan as we flip the page of Cosby and Boys look with this kind of like ridiculous haircut. I, I don't like that haircut in general. Uh, I know, I know, it's I know some people enjoy that haircut and they're welcome to, but I'm not a fan of that haircut. Um, Oh, I don't like it either. It looks like a like a baby's haircut or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is a popular haircut now in twenty twenty. Like you'll see guys wearing it, um, but I I generally think that they're fools. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is cool though that uh, the artists on this book a lot of times will see almost all the legionnaires together. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. It makes a good like poster or whatever. I like Doctor Fate. Um, who is the character in the sort of, like, skeleton to the left of Dr. Fate? That is, if I'm seeing the right... Oh, that one, okay. Green sort That of one is X-Ray Girl. She oh. hasn't had any lines, and right. we haven't revealed her name in the story. We just know that from the back matter of the trade. Okay, and does Dr. Fate have multiple arms, or is that just showing the in sort of, like, motion? 
Uh, multi- yeah, multiple arms. Okay, cool. We've got Gold Lantern there. Who's that one with kind of Medusa hair uh, below Gold Lantern? That's Monster Boy. I like him oh, right. probably the best of the new ones. Yeah, I like I like that. Dawnstar up top left, and we did see Dawnstar in these issues with her original costume. Yeah, point. so they got Mike Grell to draw a page, and he kind of yeah. did his own thing. Good fucking work, Mike Grell, because <laughs> that is how Dawnstar should look. You're good to see Mike Grell turning up to the party and doing what he wants, you know? Yeah, he knows what the fans want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still, and what are your thoughts on Triplicate Girl? Because I quite like this this rendition. It's different, but I, I quite like it. Uh, yeah, I do like the design. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more about her. Uh, yes. I feel like she gets a good amount of time here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a kind of a cool design with the different hair. It looks like uh, aren't uh, comic books made from, like, three different colors, cyan, uh, magenta, and... Yes. What are the... Yeah, She's I feel like... Got the symbols, are those the three colors? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't... You're asking the wrong guy. Um, now... I... Uh, okay, so where Cosmic Boy is, just to the right and up from her, is that Phantom Lass? Is that right? Is that her name? The uh, you said up from Brainiac Five. No, from Cosmic Boy. What's her name? It's uh, is it Shadow Lass oh. or something? Yeah, Shadow Lass. Shadow Phantom Lass. Girl is the purple one on the right. Because I always get these two confused, and I and it constantly. Where is she? Phantom Girl is to the right of Brainiac Five. Oh right, okay. Is she quite small, yeah. In the picture there, yeah, yeah, she yeah. Is. Okay, cool. And what's the difference in their powers? Can you explain to me the difference between Shadowlass's powers? Shadowlass is was the one who was Umbra or whatever in um, Legion Lost, yeah, the one who was kind of like trapped in the ship and going crazy and all that. Was that was that her? Yeah. So she has she casts shadow. Um, and then Phantom Girl can face through stuff. She's like Shadow, uh, yeah. She's like Shadow Cat. So maybe that's why you get them confused. Ah, I see. Right. Okay. No. Yeah. That explains it. Okay. So they're quite different power sets. Yeah. Okay. So Shadow Lass is the one that I uh, that I like a lot. I Shadow. I quite like Shadow Lass. I think she's cool. And she's no, the one who has kind of flirtation with. Is it Monel? Uh, generally, she's with Monel. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, she's with Cosmic Boy. Yes. And yes. Phantom Girl is with Monel, which makes it even more confusing. It does make it confusing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we have oh, this president. I just can't understand what the fuck is going on with this president. Like, she she's created the Legion, or at least brought them together. Then she hates the Legion. Then she has a trial that goes absolutely nowhere. She seems to exonerate them. Like, this is the most inconsistent character in this storyline. Am, am I wrong here? Like, it seems like this, this president's just flip-flopping on the Legion constantly. You're not wrong. And it's it, we get hints that she has, um, you know, that she's, like, controlling and almost nefarious. Yeah. But then sometimes she seems not. And it's just, you know kind of a flip-floppy thing. Yeah, it's it, but it's inconsistent. Like, and this is where, like, I get it. Like, okay, I get it's comic books, okay, and people can flip-flop, but you need to have some drama in your book that you feel like there's some stakes. With this president just constantly flip-flopping of whether or not she even cares if the Legion are a bad thing, and sometimes they're the worst thing ever, and sometimes she just sort of waves her hand and is fine with it. There's no stakes for the reader. Yeah, I mean, you would think that at some point you would get a reveal of her true nature. You know, we yeah. know that Chameleon Boy is her son. Yes. Um, so it's just, 
you know, where's this headed? Yeah, you know what it seems to be there for? Just filling out pages. He, honestly, this is where I this is what I think Ben is so guilty of. He does these things that don't go anywhere, that don't feel particularly consistent, and all they do is help fill up the page so you get to the end of the twenty-two pages quicker. And it's like, thanks, Bendis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's trying to do like a diversion or or a diversion of expectations, at least from the classic RJ brand. But yeah, I'm not sure it's working for him. Yeah, well, I mean, at a certain point, like she's introduced, we accept that this is the new version of that of that character like you know what i mean like it's like i don't know i'm not so attached to rj brand that like i'm like you know that's not what's pissing me off it's just the fact that this this president is all over the shop and it's just hard to work out what the goal is even like she brought the legion together but doesn't like the legion wants to put them on trial but also very easily sort of like declares it like almost like a mistrial you know like it's like well okay um, good to see on the next page Bouncing Boy, who I who I like, um, and he's pretty much survived unchanged from the you know original. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same. He's got lighter hair, maybe would be the only thing. Um, but yeah, what's happening here is Cosmic Boy goes in and apologizes for what they did with Krav, the yeah. General Nah from Rim- Rimbor. Yes, and uh, then she says, "Well, we just sanctioned them, so." You know, that wasn't a very smart thing to do. <laughs> and then uh, I thought that was kind of clever. Yes. Or at least interesting. Um, and we see Brainiac 5 is more willing to stand up to the president. And then Superboy kind of deflates the whole situation. But um, this kind of sets up some of the drama that we see going forward in the issue. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what do you think of Superboy's costume? Um, it seems maybe like a bit overdone. Yeah, but not. I don't hate it. Yeah, you know it's okay. I just, I guess for me, I just think Superboy should look like Superboy and not like I don't see why he has the shoulder pads. Um, I just, yeah, so you would like to just see like classic Superman look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like, and I accept he's this Superboy is Superman's son. Okay, I don't see any reason why he need to incorporate shoulder pads. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I'd like to see just like a classic suit. When uh, yeah. Connor Kent joins the Legion back in the day, mm. he kind of just wore the classic Superboy suit, which was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's such a classic, and it looks so good. And Superboy, I mean, I get it, it's the Superman suit. But having read a fair bit of Superboy in recent times due to our kind of exploration, you know, classic Superboy, he had his own look because he looked younger. So... Although it's almost exactly the same, because Superboy looked longer, younger, when you looked at it, you were like, oh, that's Superboy, not Superman. You didn't look at Superboy and go, that's Superman. You went, that's Superboy, you know? Yeah, yeah they, it's not they, a problem. They drew him younger, like, you know, and it, it, it fit perfectly. And it's such a classic look that I don't know why DC don't double down on it kind of thing. Because adding the shoulder pads is just annoying. It's like there's Superman isn't in this book, so you know it's not Superman. So, you know, there's no. If there was Superman in the book as well as Superboy, I could understand wanting to differentiate the two, but Superman's not there. You could have Superboy with the classic look. Just feels to me like they're making changes for the sake of making change, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Just by Yeah, I mean. Um, it, when it's drawn well, I don't mind it, but yeah, it's. Yeah, it's just something that grates on me. And, and honestly, this Superboy. Can I be honest? He just comes across almost a little dim. You know, like, 
he's just there's just nothing there other than just very generic good guy and he's a fish out of water like it's just i don't know i just it just frustrates me with how they've invented this new character of of superboy you know john kent and my god he's dull you know yeah, I think uh, people really liked him when he was in the Superman book, and he was like a ten-year-old. Yeah, um, and that kind of worked. But now I don't know. I don't think aging him up really helped him at all. Well, if you were gonna age him up, if you were gonna, if you were gonna age him up, why wouldn't you have incorporated some teenage angst into the whole scenario? You know? Yeah, that's kind of I guess my problem with him. He's kind of perfect, and yeah, he's perfect. you know. We even see in this scene where he's the one that talks down the president, right? Like, he's from a thousand years ago, yet yeah. he's the one that has all the answers. I yeah, don't know, just... yeah. I, look, I like... Don't get me wrong, <clears throat> listeners. I love Superman, you know what I mean? Like, I think Superman's a cool character, and I think <clears throat> he's got more character than this Superboy does. So a lot of people sometimes say, Superman's so boring, he's so powerful. That's not what I'm complaining about here i'm complaining about the actual characterization of superboy like he's just perfect you know what i mean like there's just he just does nothing wrong and i don't know and i also the fish out of water thing gets stretched a bit far like he's constantly like oh, i'm a thousand years in the future i didn't even know they had toilets and i'm like oh god like this yeah, is, I know, yeah this is this is poor um anyway i think it's part of a bigger discussion which i kind of want to have with you at some point adam um now, here's a question I'm wondering if Legion fans have kind of explored. Do they prefer their Legion with or without Superboy? And I'm talking this Superboy or classic Superboy as well. Surely there are some Legionnaires out there, as I like to call them, who prefer Legion to just be Legion and have no Superboy. Um, that's me. That's you, is it? Okay, all right. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that think that Superboy, the original Superboy at least, is needed. Um, I, I don't know it. that there's many that really care yeah. to have a Superboy stand-in. Yeah, well, let me, yes. let me rephrase that. They'd like Superboy or Supergirl, I think. Right. Uh, but yeah, for me, uh, I just think that if they didn't have Superboy in this book now, we'd know a lot more about the Legionnaires because yeah. you know every other page wouldn't have to be about John Kent. Yeah, Exactly. 2020, now, I wouldn't have had Superboy at the start. I would have introduced him at some point, for sure, like, for sure, within probably the second or third arc, but I would have kicked Legion off without Superboy because I don't think it helps. I, I get that DC, and I'm sure Bendis will say, you need see them in there, you know, in his Bendis fucking wine, to, to hold the reader's hand, but all he does is say, oh, I don't know, like, I'm so far in the future, um, and he's just so perfect, it's just, he's not interesting, you know, it, if you had, like, an angsty Superboy, with, with a, sorry, with a touch of teenage angst, you know, like, so a touch yeah. of edge, it would be more interesting. You've got to give your characters a little bit of edge to make it, to make them interesting to read it, because I can't imagine that there are too many fans of this personification of Superboy. Maybe when he was 10, but this character isn't jumping off the page. Like, the only people who would love this character would be, like, you know, I don't know, someone who just thinks comics, you know, the people who are like, comics should always be for kids, and the hero should be perfect, and aspiration, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know that thing where they're like, yeah, 
the mistake they made was like aging them up from seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like that person's probably fucking thrilled with this Superboy. <laughs> yeah, my thing is I just don't feel like he's earned it. Like, sure, he's Superman's kid, but he just the way that everybody acts around him and stuff. Yeah. I, I get that we're supposed to think that he's supposed to be like this great hero in the future, but you know, I don't know. I just, whenever it was, uh, the Legion going back to see Clark, yeah. you know, he yeah. was a great hero. We yeah. knew he was. Yeah. The, the original Superboy, who I fucking love, he was a fucking Titan. There in Smallville, he was doing all sorts of shit. Like all the time, the yeah. president had his number, you know. Yeah, and he was established. Yeah. He was established. He he was rocking it hard, and he was basically Superman in miniature, you know, and very courageous. Had a had, was had a backstory kind of thing, and it made sense. You know what? Also, I think made sense because they were like Superman inspired the Legion and readers. Um, you know, of the comics at that time, knew Superman as, like, the number one guy, you know, like, so he was this legend. So they Yeah, he's they, the best, and that's why they're coming to get him. Yeah, they could understand it. When you say, like, the son of, and the son of in the regular comics is still pretty close to the starting block, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he's yeah. still swimming in shallow water. Yeah, he's around, and I appreciate that some people love Super Sons and all that, but in terms of comic books, he's still very much playing in the kiddies' pool, you know? Um... So, yeah, yeah, I think the weird. thing to include him is because I think the S probably does sell books, one. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I guess, yeah. and I, I, I think the other thing I was going to say is that I think you kind of put your finger on when this book isn't working for me. Because last week when we were in issues one and two and it was mostly about John, you know, I was kind of getting bored. Yeah. And then this issue at the beginning, I was kind of bored. And then in issue 10, I was bored. And that's the issues that really focus on John more. So I think he's kind of the weakness for me where um, it's kind of just not really doing it for me. Put it this way, if, if in issue 11 or 12, Bendis sent Superboy back, you know, because the original Superboy used to fly back to um, Smallville all the time. Um, if yeah. if this Superboy flew back to, you know, wherever, Metropolis, I guess, you know, f- for an arc, I, I, I'd be fine, you know, and, 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 and leave me with all the Legionnaires, and it gives more page space to them. Um, yeah, I would prefer that at this point, just because, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I just think the best Legion stuff is without Superboy, and I okay. know that's sacrilegious for a lot of fans, but hey, that's my opinion. <laughs> well, you're entitled to your opinion. I mean, you know, definitely yeah. entitled to And I know you love Superboy, so... I, I, lo- I, I, loved, I love classic Superboy, but I can also understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, I think yeah. the, one of the cool things about the original Superboy was the way he used to fly back to the past, so he didn't always have to be there. You know? Yeah, exactly. You'd have a few arcs without. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were one issue arcs, but yeah. I love that Superboy could just fly back without a time bubble and all that shit. He could just like power back under his own steam. <laughs> like he's, it's like okay, Superboy seems pretty powerful. <laughs> 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 like he, he's we've covered it before. Constantly flying back in time. Remember that issue where to help on a project or school project or something, and he goes back to ancient Egypt oh, yeah. and he's like. 
fucking <laughs> this the Cinderella uh, story. <laughs> yeah, just like Superboy plays pretty fast and loose with the concept of the like other characters were like, I'm scared of going back in time to change history. Superboy's just like, fuck it, I'm going back. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to check something for my project. <laughs> okay, so let's move on from these scenes with the president of Superboy because they are kind of boring. And then we have Triplicate Girl talking to this character with this is it Monster Boy? Yeah, Monster Boy. It's really cool how he has the fish head, and then see he's got like almost like a Groot face at the in the bottom panel. Yeah, I like that that he can just kind of his thing. Thing seems to be that he turns into different types of monsters. Like we've seen him as yeah. uh, Frankenstein and different things like that. We saw him as the alien, the polymorph. Yeah, the xenomorph. Yeah, yeah, we have xenomorph. Sorry. Yeah, apologies to alien fans out there. Um, yeah, I, look, this is one... I'll, I'll give Bendis some props. I do like his triplicate girl. And and I reckon that would have been hard because I'm a big fan of the original triplicate girl as well. Now, can you remind me, um, is triplicate girl the same as da- damsel duo or duo damsel? Is that the same character? Yeah, she's... Um, right. That's who she is after... One, one of her bodies die. Yeah, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Gotcha. So in a, Oh, and I looked it up. Uh, the colors cyan, magenta, and yellow okay. are the three colors to like that they use for printing comic books, or at least they used to use. Oh. And that's the three colors that she seems to be. So, yeah. Wow. Right would, that that. Have, would that have all changed now with digital and everything? I wonder. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm no... I think probably. I, yeah. I don't know, though. <laughs> I'm no expert. I, I tell you someone who could probably answer that question, Michelle, because she's in. She works in digital printing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. back. <laughs> I'll call her in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then we have. Uh, so we have a bit of uh, talking here, and then we have uh, really quite, an, actually, quite an interesting discussion between Saturn Girl, um, who I'm not sure if I'm a fan of this uniform um, and haircut. But with Cosmic Boy, and I'm also not a fan of his haircut, although I do quite like his uniform, um, and they're talking about leadership. It's actually a good discussion. Um, and Cosmic Boy comes across as a bit of a punk, actually, um, in this discussion. Yeah, I didn't really like that. Like I said, I'm a big Cosmic Boy fan, so seeing him portrayed as, you know, kind of an idiot. Yeah, kind of incompetent, my favorite. almost, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh... Almost a show pony, isn't he? Like a show pony athlete is how he's been depicted. Yeah, exactly. They said that he's, you know, just kind of a muscle head, it sounds like. Um, and she's saying that uh, he said he was the elected leader. And she says, well, there was only three of us when you were elected. And it was just because the other two didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not leadership in perpetuity kind of thing, Cosmic Boy. You yeah. Know, you're, not, you're, not, you're not like dictator for life here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Brainiac gets involved. Um and that's kind of a problem because he already kind of feels threatened by Brainiac. Yes. Um, and then Saturn Girl reads his mind, which he says is rude, which, yes. you know, I don't disagree with him. And she says, yeah, it was interesting. He goes, it's offensive. It's offensive that you think it's offensive. This is honest. Share yourself, Rock. And, yeah, he, she's really getting in his head and, like, it, that would piss me off. It, you know, every, every thought I'm having, she's commenting on, like, and I'm kind of like, you know, Saturn Girl, I thought there was supposed to be, you know, fucking... It, typically, telepaths are, are very, like, you know, like Jean Grey style, like, I, you know, I don't try, try not to intrude kind of thing. 
Yeah, and generally she is too, so that's kind of a different thing with this version, I guess. Um, yeah. But it could be Vegas. because she's just not been around other... Uh, you know, you kind of get the feeling she's not been around other races or, I guess, yeah. species as much. And also she's not... Um, well, she's kind of like... Maybe outcast is too strong a term, but she's definitely a bit of a rebel on Titan when she left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I wasn't a fan of that either. I, I Like... But I get it. it's moving the story along, Bendis, so I guess I won't slam you too hard for that one small yeah. comment. Um, then we've got... Actually, I do find it kind of interesting, the relationship between Lightning Lad and his sister. Um, I assume you... Do you call her Lightning Lass? Is that, is that a name? Um, well, we're not sure because she seems to have lightning powers and her light powers, so... Right. Yeah, you can call her Lightning Lass, though. I'm also confused by what's going on with the parents. Like, what is one of them? Is it a ghost or is it a hologram? Like, what is the story here? My assumption was hologram, and maybe that was where their lightning powers came from here, but I don't know. <laughs> and they're a lesbian relationship. They're two mothers, yeah? I guess as much as hologram can be. But... I thought you were going to say as much as DC will allow. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Like as much as like fucking PG thirteen, like fucking will allow. Um, <laughs> who is hugging? Look, I was confused. Is that the sister hugging him with the hologram on page thirteen, or is that the other That's mother? His okay, right. So is his sister there as well? Yeah. So uh, the last two panels of that page. She's okay, but there. would you agree with me that the art makes it quite hard to distinguish? Yeah, um, and it's also their weird way they dress, I think, kind of well, makes it harder. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I When I look at it closely, I can see that the mum on the left has like a grey thing on the top. Mm -hmm. But if you look in the, like, well, this is fucking detailed stuff. If you look on the top middle panel on page 13... I don't see mm -hmm. the grey, but then you go right and you see the grey. See? I think the... Oh, okay, yeah. I think the first... The middle panel... Yeah. It's his sister he's hugging, and then he's hugging his mom. But that's very confusing, because, like, he's hugging his mum in one panel, the next panel is supposedly he's hugging his sister, and when the mother was across the t the bench... You know, like, it's... And they all look the fucking same, with the same... It is style. interesting. Like, I didn't you know, even notice that, but yeah, that's... A good point. That, I, I assumed uh, it was the mother because it made more sense because she was hugging him. But it, frankly, it's not great panel progression, Bendis. You know, and well, you that... can't really blame him for that. Well, I guess maybe you could. I, I don't know. Yes, I can. Bendis, I assume, is writing full <laughs> script. Oh, I can definitely blame True. him for it. It's either him or the artist. It's it's either Bendis's if he's writing full script, uh, or the artist has misinterpreted it. And I've seen issues in comics um, where they get the dialogue boxes wrong, like. Well, that happens here. I feel like a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and I, and I, and I'm not just blaming Bendis. I'm blaming the editor. I'm blaming the artist. I'm blaming the letterer. There's someone responsible for that because it's very annoying when you notice it as a reader. It completely takes me out of the story. Yeah, I guess we should mention that most of the art here is by Stephen Byrne, who's a fill-in artist. Um, just to give him some credit, related which, to you know, his Byrne? art is mostly good, but yeah, like you said, maybe this is a little sloppy. His his, his actual art itself is fine, but. Yeah, there's a, there's a sloppiness here, and, and I wonder how much of that is bent in the script, you know? Yeah, I mean, 
uh, pretty soon next issue, actually, we'll see him do a different artist for each page. Yes. And when you're doing that, I think you have to have a really tight script, and I yes. think that he didn't at yeah. times. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yeah. But anyway, I do find, though, the relationship between Lightning Lad and his sister quite interesting. That That is one thing that Bendis, I think, did reasonably well. And then I do like the next page where they're all eating, and I liked how everyone's talking and has something to say. Um, not everyone, but like a lot of people are talking, and you see everyone. I, I like a page like this, which I can scroll across and see all these people. I think it's yeah, a nice that's page. pretty neat. Yeah, I noticed the X-ray girls up there, up the back next to Shadow Lass. Yep. Um, almost looks like she's got a bong next to her, but I guess she doesn't. Well, a lot of people were always speculating that this was, uh, or speculating, I should say, yeah. that this is Chemical King, who is a classic Legionnaire, and yeah. they thought that was like a beaker and it proved that he was Chemical King, but, you know. Oh, they was, thought it was a beaker next to X-Ray Girl. Yeah, they thought it was a, a beaker, so they thought it was Chemical King. Oh, I like the people are going so in-depth on, on the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were kind of desperate because this was the one <laughs> character that they didn't give us a name for. Right, okay. Um, I see Bouncing Boy just getting stuck into something there, getting stuck into some food. He's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, who is the <laughs> character? Is it Starboy who's sitting next to the green girl who's below Dawnstar? What's yep, that's Shrinking Violet and Starboy. What's Starboy's powers? He makes things heavy. Right. Okay. That's very yeah, he's had one line, I think, this whole book. Yeah, um, okay. The whole series. Who is the black guy with the massive sort of mustache... Uh, and not very far right. And he said, that this is, is to me. Who is that? Oh, yeah, that's the the Bendis version of Mad Reader Lad. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's beefy. He's hardly been in it, has he? No, yeah, I think this is his first line. <laughs> right. And that's the character that you got the um, commission for, yeah, which had the really bizarre horror theme. <laughs> yeah, it was very, like, body horror. Wow, yeah, um, that, that, that came out of you... nowhere, that commission, man. When I saw that, it's cool, but I'm like, wow, this guy really went his own direction <laughs> with that commission. Yeah, it kind of threw me. I uh, said he could pick who he wanted to do, and he really wanted to do Matter Eater Lad, and I was like, oh, I guess. And then that's <laughs> what he came up with, and I, I, I like it, but it really threw me at first. I was like, whoa, this is it's very, <laughs> It's very powerful, though. Like, it's quite... You know, you see some pictures which you're sort of like, yeah, it's nice, you know, and you move on. But that one really draws the eye. Um, yeah, and it'll, uh, you know, the goal is to get all the different Legionnaires, so it'll be cool to have them in different styles, you know. I didn't want all, you know, one classic superhero style or whatever, yes. so this will be cool to kind of diversify it. A lot of interlac on the on the top left-hand side. Too much interlac. Yeah, exactly. Like, are there Legion fans out there who could translate all that? Yeah, there's a blog, actually, where they... Oh post it all which is nice that's cool that's cool i remember once um in the 90s uh when the simpsons you know was like you know real hot and i was friends with these guys and they used to tape the simpsons and like the simpsons would have stuff come up on the tv screens really fast like inside the show and one time the guy's like doing freeze frame of it and one of the lines in it was if you're reading this you've got too much time on your hands or something like that like, <laughs> that's fine i thought that was i thought that was funny you know <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, we were all like, oh, true. <laughs> we had a good hard look at ourselves. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, so they're, they're all talking, and, they, and, and then they vote um, for the leader, and, and Cosmic Boy just gets decimated, doesn't he, in the election? 
Yeah, uh, and I was going to say I love uh, an election issue, so that was cool. Yeah, it was but cool. Sad to see him lose. You, well, you're a fan, aren't you, um, of Cosmic Boy, who I think is more mm-hmm. interesting than normally than he is here, because here he's almost like the patsy, you know? Yeah, he gets a good a good run in the 80s and uh, 90s, but yeah. here he's he's not great. Yeah. But yeah, Ultra Boy wins, which is cool. Yeah, Ultra Boy wins, and he and he plays a big role in this arc, I must say, because I must say, you know, Ed Grimley, um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty decent, I must say. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't actually get the reference. Oh, sorry. Okay, well, you missed out on a really obscure Martin Short character joke there. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I know Martin Short, but. <laughs> um, yeah, and I have to resist myself from doing more Ed Grimley. Um, yeah, so Ultra Boy, who plays a big role in this arc because his father was the general that um, was causing all these problems, um, he wins the election in kind of a landslide, really. Yeah, it's just him and uh, Cosmic Boy, but it seems like a lot of people weren't happy with Cosmic Boy. Voting for Cosmic Boy, of course, John fucking Kent, like Mr. fucking yeah. by the book, isn't Mr. He? Nice Guy. Yeah, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, we, if you look at the, if you look at the page 17 and John Kent, I'm not sure if that's the artist's best day out of the crease, or does John Kent actually kind of look like a middle-aged alcoholic, like, look, look at the, the side profile of John Kent, it's kind of like a weird look, um. I'm not sure, I don't have page numbers. Okay, it's page, alright, it's page 7, it's, uh, it's right below when Brainiac says, all those voted for Cosmic Boy Rock show of appendages. So it's a picture where Shadow Lass is, like, heavily voting for Cosmic Boy. She's got her arm right up in the air. Um, John does, and Lightning Lad does vote for him, kind of like a shamedly vote for him. Oh, yeah. He does a little laugh. Yeah, like, there's just something going on there. I mean, is that normal, his look? Like, he just looks a bit kind of weather-beaten almost. Um, I don't know. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Just not a great profile shot of John Kent there. Um, yeah, he looks a little heavy, too. Yeah, exactly. Looks like he's carrying a bit of weight. I see the um on top of that page. You see Shadow Lass kind of like I like the artifact with the shadows coming off her. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool art. So, anyway, so basically, um, Cosmic Boy gets hammered in the election. Uh, Ultra Boy takes the reins, and then the father turns up. Yep, and he's uh, wanting to arrest the Legion. Legion. Which is interesting because, um, yeah, I guess he just—I thought—got overthrown on his own planet, but he's already back. Well, that's the other thing is the other issue. They said that Monel was going to be the new leader of Rembor. I don't know if that was a joke. That's right, because Monel beat him, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's, yeah, that never that's... gets brought up again. So. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Good work, Bendis. Um. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to issue. Uh, what issue is it? Eight. And then we've got Superboy doing a um, um in doing a recap. Did really need Superboy doing the recap because his is the most predictable. Yeah, but it is Doc Shaner art who I like, and this is the one that has this one and the next one have a different artist on each yeah. page. Doc Shaner is a good artist, for sure. Yeah. Um, their next page is interesting art, I must say. Um, yeah, your favorite guy, Jeff Lemire. <sighs> Jeff fucking Lemire, and. Can I say, I mean, honestly, the how he looks makes Cosmic Boy look here is it's just a joke, really. And Cosmic Boy just looks awful. Um, just awful. 
And and Sattingal doesn't look much better either. It's just a real... And, I mean, Lightning Lad doesn't even look like a boy. Um, really bad. Yeah, really I'm not bad a art. huge fan of his style. I know people love him, but yeah. no, not for me. Not for me either. Not for me, his depressing writing and depressing indie comics and, you know, Underwater Welder and all that shit. And <laughs> But, like, as a Cosmic Boy fan, I look at that Cosmic Boy, he looks emaciated like he's about to die of AIDS or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, they definitely have the hollow, yeah. hollow cheeks. Yeah, it's not it's not great art. I'm sorry. In a, in a in a major comic, Element Lad at least looks they're going kind of with a space hippie look. You know? Yeah, he kind of looks like a hippie or something. Yeah. Um, I don't really mind the different art that maybe isn't for me as much, just because I like that it's at least a variety of different art. So. Sure doesn't bother me as bad but uh yeah it was fun here we saw that he uh transforms the table into water or something like that yeah he's like well can you put the table back he's like no it's it's water now it wouldn't be the same <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no I, I i actually thought that part was cool um then we have a character that i've really enchanted with um dream girl oh my god she is she's my gal you know yeah she's a favorite of mine yeah i, I love her and She's almost nude with like a sort of glowing thing going on, glow effect. Yeah, she's uh, almost got like a little star, sparkly thing going on. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dream Girl. I like Dream Girl in the original comics too, like in the classics that we do. She's one of my she's one of my favorites, man. To be honest. Yeah, I've been reading some of the '80s stuff lately, and she's really good there. So I think you'll like it when we get to that. I wonder if Michelle would enjoy if I commissioned an artist to do a full wall painting of just Dream Girl. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I'm just a really big fan of the Legion, Michelle. I I'm going to guess she would not enjoy that. <laughs> she, she comes in, she's like, what's this, like, almost nude woman over the whole wall? I'm like, I'm just a big Dream Girl fan. What can I say, you know? It's hard, you can't be mad. <laughs> yeah, I put the Legions in, Legionnaires into a hat, pick one out, Dream Girl. That's what happens. Got to <laughs> respect the election process. Um, there was something she said here that was interesting. They're trying to give her a name, and she says "Dream Girl," yeah. and then she says "Girl, sure." Like yeah, maybe she's not a girl, or maybe yeah. like she's like a, she's male, or she's older than that. I don't know which I, one. I, so I went the opposite way. I thought maybe that was um, yeah, that's a good point. I almost thought that was Bendis being like girl. Like, can you really call girls girls anymore? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh yeah, it could be something like that. It could be like I that, but it also could be what you're saying, which is more interesting. You know, well, traditionally she's the sister of uh, the White Witch, and we right. find out the White Witch here is like a thousand years old. So and that kind of made me think Modru, it was an age yeah, thing. But, see, so right, what's the, that? White Witch is the daughter of Mordru in this one, yeah. Yeah, in this version, she is. Yeah. We find out. Um. All right. So, can you just explain something to me again? Because I know you've explained this before, but I forget. How do <laughs> they explain? Oh, it's explaining Doomsday Clock, isn't it? How the things change from the Jeff Johns version of Legion to the Bendis one. That's right. Yeah, just basically the JSA was missing, which made the Legion go missing. <laughs> so and then when the... Dr. Ben had it fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was an interesting way to, like... Yeah. Blame someone for yeah. not having them around. But it's hilarious too. It's like Doctor Manhattan takes Alan Scott's lantern. Like it's like what the fuck? <laughs> like like it, it should be like it's almost like Doctor Manhattan went and killed baby Hitler. You know, it's it's really sort of like <laughs> random. <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah. Um, I'd recommend just checking out that issue if you ever get a chance to Doomsday Clock number 10. Yeah, um, yeah, I will. I will. It's interesting, sure. at least. I will, and we should probably do it here, I think. We should do an episode. Oh, well, we can discuss it, because I think it it sounds interesting. It's just funny, how, like, how it sounds. It is you know. interesting, but, it, you know, it was a good way to connect, because those were kind of the two things that got screwed over in the New 52. Yes. So if you draw that line, the three, well, I guess the three things would be the JSA, Superman, and Legion of Superheroes. Yes. So he was kind of able to make it, like, by removing one thing, I was able to remove all three of these things, yeah, which no, was an interesting idea. But funny, yeah, yeah, it's like, why does uh, Dr. Manhattan care? I, yeah, I just never, I mean, have seen Dr. Manhattan as that guy who would really give a shit, but I guess maybe he's bored on Mars or wherever the fuck he was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, because like, the end of Watchmen, wasn't he like, I'm going to go and explore, you know, other universes or something? Like, he said, mm-hmm. some, he said something like that. I, you know, I can't remember what he said, but. He was, he was basically like, I'm just going to go and do random shit now. Um, yeah, so, okay, so then and we... he did. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. I uh, quite like the art on the next page with this... It's Princess Projector, yeah? Yeah, I like it a lot, too. I think it's a... Uh, oh, I forget the artist's name. Let me scroll to the bottom real quick. Uh, that is Joelle Jones. Cool. Yeah, I like her art. I think it's... Very kind of fancy, and yeah, now she did Catwoman. I recognise the artist now that you say that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just and nice. So this is where this book really shines, like the 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 sort of like um, purple or pink colouring around the lettering. I think it's nice, you know. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, she says her name is uh, Princess Wilhelmina Morgana Dargina Alexandra Projectra Valoria Vauxhall. Um, so. It was interesting because actually in the original Legion stuff, I don't think she ever had a name. Her name was just Princess Projectra. But uh, here she obviously has a long name, which she kind of takes that from the three boot. But we also see that she offers to fund the Legion, but then also that this extravagant uh, like mansion that she's been projecting is all just a projection. And really she's just got like brick walls behind her. Yeah, she said that. She said, you know what I can do? You create illusions. I know you're doing it right now. And she says, you're right. I think I might need this. Does that mean that she's not really living in the lap of luxury? I would say so. And I would say also that I enjoyed this about these two issues because it seemed like he was trying to highlight each character where, you know, it's only a page, but each character seemed to get one page of a little bit of development, which was cool. This is some of my favorite stuff, actually. Um, and then we click over to the next page. Is that Mike Allred on that? Because it looks a bit like Mike Allred. Um, no, he's later. This is Michael Avon Oming. Okay, well, I like it. He's the guy who did um, Powers with Bendis, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely distinct, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. I actually want to do Powers at some point on Signal of Doom. I've actually got the first two hardcovers. Um, and I have you read it ever? Uh, I've read a little bit of it. It was interesting, but uh, I, yeah, some people say that it it's only good for like a volume. But I don't well, know. yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I I bought them years ago. You know what I mean? And I've never read them, so I just figured for Signal one time. But I, I like yeah. this one with Chameleon Boy. It's really just fleshing out Chameleon Boy's relationship with uh, his mother, which is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these Legionnaires have complicated parental issues. I've noticed. Yeah, several for sure. Yeah. I guess back in the day, if you think about it, back in the 50s and 60s, this was the kids' comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's all about the kids and the parents aren't cool. Yeah, that's it. Like, and, you know, the parents were living 
Living high in the hog in the 1950s, perfect Americana. And underneath the surface, these kids went on, some of these kids went on to rebel in the 60s, didn't they? They grew their hair long, yeah. smoked dope, did all sorts of naughty things. <laughs> listen, listen to Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> I love the myth of 50s Americana. It's one of my favourite times. I can imagine myself in that time so happy. <laughs> I could too. Yeah, <laughs> down, I'll be down at the at what do you call those things? Like the the not this the diner, but it's like a you know with the milkshakes and all that. Like you know, I'd be down there just loving it, like back to the future. Oh yeah, you have to get a malt. I think they always had malts. <laughs> malts. <laughs> have a malt. I'll be rolling around in my car. I'd be loving it. It'd be fa- <laughs> fantastic times for me. Picking up my picking up my Legion of Superhero comics and my my Superman and my Batman. Just loving life. I actually said to centers. yeah, I said to Michelle, um, uh, I think one of the classic issues, I think it was early seventies. I said, have a guess how much it cost, and she said fifty cents, and it was actually twenty cents. So I always find it interesting to chart the cost of the comics back in those days. Yeah, it is interesting, and uh, you know, I think it's probably more than just inflation for the reason why they're so expensive now, right? I mean, I don't know. They say that they say that they increase more than inflation because I think the costs of like the artists and the production and whatever else, you know. And also the fact they're ripping you off more, like with the, with the digital comics being priced the same as the paper comics, which is ridiculous, you know. That's true, at, yeah. At launch, like, you know, there's there's no excuse for that other than they're trying to stay in the pocket of the retailers and trying to squeeze people as much as possible. They really want to be competitive. They'd be a lot lower. Um, but anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um... Yeah, I quite like Chameleon Boy here. Uh, how he's doing all the. I quite like Chameleon Boy in general. How he, how he, you know, changes shape and everything. Yeah, he's a favorite of mine, and he, you know, he's one of the earliest ones that actually looked different yes. than just white kids. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. And yeah, his kind of look is consistent in a way with the te- with the antennae and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he's always kind of similar. Uh, then next page we have the. Um, the father, Crav, um, mm-hmm. uh, and fighting him is Ultra Boy, who I get confused a bit with to- Timberwolf because of their costume design. Bit- yeah, they do look kind of similar here. Yeah. I actually thought that Timberwolf was Ultra Boy when they first like revealed the designs. Was Ultra Boy the character in... Remember when we did Legion of Three Worlds? There was <laughs> three of them, and they were really all the same, going woohoo and all that kind of stuff. Was that Ultra Boy? Yeah, that was that was that was a really cool panel. I thought that was actually really neat how they showed three versions were pretty similar. Yeah, and then they had the three Phantom Girls, uh, kind of talking about them, which yeah, was fun. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, good art here, um, kind of classic sort of like style art. Who is the artist here? It looks a bit like uh, Liam Sharp, but I'm sure it's not. Yeah, it is. He nailed it? it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of got it from the monster character. That's what gave it away. That's actually yeah, he's got like a kind of a cool, um, kind of reminds me what I would think of as like uh, maybe like a 2008 type yes. artwork. Which he came out of as well. I think he did some oh, okay. two, he's British. He did some 2008. I'm pretty proud of myself for picking an artist uh, straight off the bat. That's very, that's very unlike me. Um, yeah, well done. Yeah, thank you. And I certainly have no idea who the next artist is. I don't remember this guy's name either. It's somebody I hadn't heard of. It's, uh, it's Andre Lima Arujo. Okay. Now, um, yeah, I mean, really, in terms of the storyline, they're kind of getting called to action again, um, basically. Mm-hmm. Another big group shot of the cafeteria. Bendis is very fond of this cafeteria, isn't he? Like, basically. 
Um, yeah, uh, I think they called it heaven. I think in a previous issue. That's right. They did actually, and uh, yeah, that was a bit lame. But yes. <laughs> um, yeah, remember the Talking Heads song? Heaven is a place where nothing really happens. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that song. It's a good song, actually. He- heaven is a place where nothing really happens. Uh, um, I actually, I've been getting into them more lately. I might have to check that out. Check that song out. It's a good one. Do you do you know the song? Um, this is the place or something. Um, I know very few. I think I might even be thinking of the wrong band. Um, <laughs> okay. Psycho there's killer? one where it's killer? like far better or something. Uh, yeah, no, that is a Talking Heads song. I, I, yeah, that's Psycho Killer. Psycho Killer. Yeah, that's it. For, for, for far better. Yeah, that's Psycho Killer, one of their biggest hits. Yeah, check out that's This the Is place. The Place. I think it's called This Is The Place, Naive Melody. Uh, Heaven's also good. Um, yeah, they've got, they've actually got a lot of good songs. Talking Heads, they're a good band. Um, yeah, I know people really love them, so I'd like to get into them more. I'll have to, yeah. I'll, I've got that written down. Got that written down. Good work, man. You going back to pencil <laughs> and paper? You know what I mean? Keeping it, keeping it analog. <laughs> it's on my laptop. But... <laughs> I don't trust the internet. <laughs> as, it works you, the same. as you're downloading songs, I just don't trust the internet. Um, okay, so anyway, next page. I do like the art a lot. I actually see. I reckon. I'm going to say something could be controversial here. I really like, I assume this is Lightning Lass and that mm-hmm. art style. I think that's really cool. And I would actually read like a mini of that. If you said to me there was a mini of Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass in this art style, I'd be like, sign me up. Um, well, you have good taste. Uh, I think this is Sanford Green, and I think he won the uh, Eisner okay. this year for best uh, series or best artist or something. Okay, and he's one of the guys, is he one of the guys, bit of, bit of Root or something, I think? Or bit yeah, of- Bitter Root. Yeah, I actually met him at uh, C2E2 in, I guess that was March, yeah, in February. I, I really like this art style. I think it's um really cool. I, I probably should check that book out for Signal at some point because I think he seems like a cool guy. His name. Yeah, I picked it up from him. Uh, I'll have to read it. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. Um, I've heard it's very <laughs> good. So yeah, it would be something I'd be interested in reading. Um, and the thing with Lightning last year though is you see she has the lightning bolts on her shoulder. Yeah. We've never seen those before. We always see it without those lightning bolts. And you see on her stomach there, there's what looks to be like a light or like a feather. Yeah. Uh, because as light lasts, she makes things light and she always has a feather. Um, so it's just weird. Like, is she lightning? The, if you read her name there, it says lightning lass. Uh-huh. But it's like, uh, does she have both powers and why? Yeah, I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. What do you think of the fact that um, what do you, what do you think of the fact that they changed the look of the characters for each artist? I I kind of dig it. I, I you know, there's not internal consistency kind of thing. Yeah, I don't mind that. I like it that it's you know, um, that they're each doing kind of their own take. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's cool. I think it adds to it. Um, okay, now let's have a look here. Um. Next page, Wildfire, who I really like, uh, going into action. Um, and then he yeah, of... I'd like to see a whole uh, issue like this, actually. I like Collie Hamner a lot. Yeah, it's it's cool art. And then Wildfire gets hammered here by this gun. He kind of gets sucked into it. And then I like it when he goes, well, this is new. Ah, help. <laughs> yeah, they funny. suck in his, his suit and his energy there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was actually funny. Um, he's a cool character. I always liked him just on his design, but now that we're reading a little bit of him, I like you know his backstory and stuff in the classic, classic issues. I think he's kind of cool. 
Um, yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's again one of those ones that were like unique because he wasn't just a guy. You know, he's energy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and there's also remember you you sent me that picture where basically Dawn starts breaking up with him. Yeah, and they get the sound effect. It's just <laughs> damn as he explodes. <laughs> um, the next page we time. we have is Monel going for basically a rematch with the the general. And this time the general just punches him big time. Monel comes across as a real jerk in these issues. He does, um, and we see that he's not a fan of John after John catches him. Mm. Um, art by Yannick Paquette here, by the way. Yep, pretty cool. Uh, then we had a very unusual art style um, yeah. for this book. Um, look, I, I don't mind the art style, and again, I would read... Uh, like a little comic strip of this art style. So, I mean, I don't mind it. I, I, I think it's kind of... Who is the artist, by the way? Yeah, uh, I think his name's Dan Hip. Yeah, I like I like it fine, too. Uh, a lot of people were like, why is this in the comic? And this is terrible. But again, yeah. it's it's a diverse like yeah, art style throughout what, the book. It's what you get when you hire artists for each page. You've got to have some... It'd be boring if they were all looking like Jim Lee, you know? There'd be, yeah, no point if you just yeah. had... 22 yeah. pages to Jim Lee. Yeah. No, I, I, and I actually think it's cooler. Like, like if, again, if you said to me that there was like a four issue mini in this art style of Legion, I'd check it out because I think it's fun. Um, yeah, and, you can, sure. and you can certainly take comic book, mainstream comic book characters like Legion and DC and put them in this art style and it can work for sure because you're sort of treating them almost like kind of Lego characters then at that point, you know? Yeah, uh, and you know, I think they do do stuff like that. I think this. Well, I mean, I think this guy does stuff like Teen Titans or whatever. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, I've yeah. seen. I, I liked it. Uh, the next page was pretty cool. I I really thought this art was nice. Nice sort of painted style of artwork of Saturn Girl. I just think it's. I just think it's really kind of like striking. Um, yeah, that's David Mack, a frequent uh, Bendis collaborator. Yes, he did some Daredevil with Bendis, I believe. Am I right? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. In fact, I was at a convention eons ago where I met Bendis, and David Mack was also there. Oh, cool. Um, if I, yeah, no, I definitely recall. I didn't actually speak to... I, I spoke to Bendis, and I remember I told him his Ultimate Spider-Man got me back into comic stores. Um, there you go. And you know what he was pitching? This is how long ago it was, because this was just when mm. I got back into comics. He was pitching the Avengers Disassembled issue, where he comes onto the book. That'd be cool. And to was, go back and yeah, it was coming out like it was coming out that week, and he said, "Yeah, this is where it all starts." And he was, <laughs> he right. was right; like there was a he was right. That was him on Avengers, and you know, just before New Avengers and everything. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because um, before that, he he was mostly uh, known for his Ultimate Spider-Man work was his big yeah. card, you know. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, she says that she's looking into his mind, and all she sees is darkness, which is kind of a hint to what's coming in the next issue. Yes, and I've got a question over that, but we'll get to that when we get yeah. into it a bit more. Okay. Um, then we had a good que- a good page here of Timberwolf fighting, is it? Or is it Ultra Boy? Ultra Boy. That's Timberwolf, yeah. It is, it is similar. Is, they are very Timberwolf similar. is beefy now. Okay, yeah. Well, so this is Timberwolf. Um, this is a good panel, though, with the blood dripping from the hand and everything. Yeah, this is uh, Derek Robertson, who does who did the boys. Right, okay. And he also did Transmetropolitan, didn't he? Yeah, correct, most yeah. of it. I, I know the name. Uh, like, I wouldn't recognise that. His art's obviously moved on a lot. But, yeah, it looks <laughs> very much like the boys. 
Um, then we had, it's Colossal Boy on next page, and he says that actually he's that big, and he shrinks down. That's his power. Yeah, Bendis kind of took that from the three-boot stuff. Yeah, uh, I thought I remember But yeah, he that. says, if anything, my name should be Microbe Lad or Shrinky Dinker, which I yeah. thought was kind of funny. Uh, is that Element Lad beneath him with the E? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a cool Element Lad, I thought. Yeah, this is Dan Jurgens, so, you know, he's oh. got the superhero poses down. Yeah, good old Dan Jurgens checking in. Wow, wait, I mean, he's been around a long time, hasn't he? Uh-huh. And we see Wildfire down there says he's back because Dawnstar let him out. Yes, right. Thanks, Dawnstar, for saving my fiery fabulousness. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see that, like, Dawnie's still helping him out, you know what I mean? That's yeah, you, you get the idea that they're still, like... Close. Are they, are they still book. coupling, as this book likes to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although they that. can't really couple, can they? Because uh, unfortunately, he's just energy, as she tells him one time. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to hold on to, I'm afraid. Huh? Um, then we have, like, Cosmic Boys just. He really is just the sort of, like, bitch of the book, really. Um, yeah, he's kind of whining. And then what I do like is whenever. He finds out they're under attack that he just kind of snaps into action, which is good. But he apparently has, like, a hard uh, relationship with his dad. Another Um, one. Another one who has a hard relationship with their dad. Yeah. Well, the thing is, his dad seems to be like, hey, you just have to get back on it and, you know, just do your thing. Which is actually, I think, good advice. Definitely good advice. Get back on the horse, Cosmic Boy. You can't be a quitter. Yeah. It's yeah, like that. Which he totally that, was, right? Yeah, I saw that <laughs> Sean Connery quote where it was like, losers whine about doing their best, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> yeah. Is that from, that's from The Rock, right? Uh, yeah, I think the, it is. The Rock. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was attributed to Sean Connery just in regular life, but, but I, yeah. I remembered it from an actual movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't something that Sean Connery just came out with. Have you seen that <laughs> clip with him with Barbara Waters? Where he's like, no, I, um, so. oh, it's, it, I mean, look, it, it's politically incorrect, but she's asking him, is it ever right to slap a woman? He goes, if you say, if you keep saying no, they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, then <laughs> he says you can slap them. <laughs> and then she asks him, and then there's like 20 years later, and she asks him to retract it, and he just basically tells her where to go. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen that. I'll have to check that out. Check it out. It, it, I mean, look, it's politically incorrect, and it's from, like, the 70s. But he's like, when they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, <laughs> you're just like, yeah. okay, Sean, like, you know, you're just... Classic a, Connery. Classic Connery. Yeah, just... And, but what's even funnier, though, is, is when she asks him to retract it, and he's like, retract it? <laughs> and he, like, doubles down on it, like, 20 years later. I'm sure. I mean, this is Bond we're talking about. He doesn't. Uh... <laughs> he doesn't take shit. Like exactly. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> um, it's a decent impression. Oh, thank you. It's actually no. I can do better, but I need to work into it. Um, okay. So yes. So we had Cosmic Boy do that, and um, then we had a really odd page. Is it? Who is this co- computer? Is that Computo? Yeah, that's Computo. Um... In the past, it was like a villain, and then inhabited a girl, and then she became like a new computer. Mm. But here, it's kind of like a, a sentient AI. It seems like right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
cool. Okay, but, and Brainiac uh, Five is talking to to them. Um, not the best artwork on Brainiac Five's eyes. If you look at the eyes, you know. Yeah, it's definitely an odd style. This is Fabio Moon. I think he does things oh, like yeah. Umbrella Academy. He does, yeah, and he does like Casanova, which I bought. And um, interesting Matt Fraction book. Yeah, he's very out there, I guess. So, you know, you're always going to get a bit trippy from him. Um, is it Michael Red on the next page? It is. I and they bring Farrelad back, who we had no indication really yeah. of yeah. up till now. And i got to be honest, I absolutely love Michael Red and Laura Allred's art. I'm a really big fan of their art style. I think some, I've read some books that I think, like Matt Fraction's Fantastic Four, that were lifted by their art style. I think he's one of the best artists working in comics. Um, I love it. I, I just think... I, I could, again, do... I, I'd love to have more pages of his artwork on, like, Legion. I think it would suit him. Oh, I would, too. He... Actually, that would be something that we could do sometime, is he did an issue... It was Batman 66 mm. meets the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, we can definitely do that, for sure. Um, I'd also point people... His classic Madman from the 90s and... Really good. Pete Nilligan and him did a really good run on Ecstatics. I've got the Omnibus. Yeah, I read that. Oh my god, it's so good, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what else is really good is this Silver Surfer. But yeah, right. Ecstatics was a lot of fun. It was it was kind of dark, which wasn't always quite my taste. Yeah. But yeah, it was really enjoyable. Oh, I dug it. I thought it was really cool. I mean, Pete Nilligan's a good writer too. So a good writer paired with a very great artist. So. Um, but sure. Pharaoh Lad, is that always his power? When I power up, my vitals disappear. I didn't know that. Um, uh, I don't know if that's always like a detail of them, but yeah, he always can transform his body into like other. Uh, normally, I think it's just iron, but he's actually a character that's been dead most of yeah. history. You know, I was going to say most of his fans are dying, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. I mean, he's famous for his sacrifice, so it's kind of cool that he's back. Um, he's always been a favorite of mine just because he's always been, like, uh, you know, one of the best just because of what he did. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm glad to have him back, and here it looks like he's black based on his hands being black. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, which is kind of a, I don't know if it's true, but apparently Jim Shooter says that he intended to reveal that he was black oh. and that's why he had like a mask on him, but then they wouldn't let him do that and he killed him off. Oh. Well, I think it's, if that's, I mean, if that's true, then it's appropriate that he's black here, you know? Not that yeah. I think it matters either way, but um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. They wouldn't let, yeah. Jim, they wouldn't let 16 year old Jim Shooter call the shots or ever yeah. 14 or however fucking old he was. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard some stories about how bad what Weisinger was to Jim Shooter. You know how Jim Shooter's got a reputation for being a real prick when he was the editor? Like, yeah. very successful, but a prick. But he also had a really tough time of it as a very young writer. Like, Mort Weisinger used to scream at him on the phone, belittle him on the phone, and his family was relying on Jim Shooter's paycheck. Like, Jim Shooter's family were kind of like, you know, they needed that paycheck that he brought in for doing Legion and whatever else. And, yeah, he had a tough time of it with, with Walt Weisinger, you know? Yeah, I've heard some bad things about Weisinger. Oh, but then, yeah, it seems like Shooter kind of, yeah, you know, maybe developed a work ethic yes. from that. And then yes. that's kind of what he expected from everyone else. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so predictable. But, yeah, that's exactly what seems to have happened. Um, and he ended up alienating just about everybody, you know? Uh -huh. he, was, he was that kind of personality. Uh, yeah, cool. You don't really hear much from him anymore. No, you only ever hear about him just 
retrospects, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The next page but then we see uh, that Feralad is pretty much one that defeats him because he gave him so much power that Krav couldn't absorb it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a nice and so the panel. next page is like an explosion. Yeah, nice panel. Um, I wonder how, like, this is something, when you look at this panel, I've got to be honest, when I was reading this, I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but when you look at it, look at all the detail, you know? All the characters, yeah, I mean, the spaceship got at the top. Good 30 characters, too. And it's funny because, like, I probably looked at this panel for maybe not even 10 seconds, you know? Yeah, I know. It kinda, it's kind of sad, really, yeah. but it's nice to be able to go back through. We also see Monster Boy there in the background, and he's like King Kong. Yes, as the ape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I didn't notice that until now. Good point. You see, you see Dr. Fate there, up, you know, um, with, with the multiple appendages. Um, who, it's Shrinking Violet who's kind of got the white hair and the sort of, like, side part. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who's that with the cape that's next to Shrinking Violet with kind of like the little red crystal? Red diamond. Next to... Who is it? Um, that is one of the villains. I don't know. Oh, it's one of the villains. Okay, Dave. Well, yeah. I'm struggling there. I'm picking up villains now. Um, <laughs> uh, then we're back to more monologuing between um, the president and the uh, chameleon and they're still finding out and then they finds that they're going to go to trial. Is that shrinking mm-hmm. violet with the purple skin? And the little... No, that's uh, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl, okay, right. And, mm-hmm. cause, yeah, and then Monel. Um, I've got a question about Monel later, but he's, um, yeah, he, he really has the shit. He tells he tells her that they're no longer coupling, and, and then... Yeah, because she was like, basically calling him an idiot, but... Yeah. Kind of hard to break up with her. You were coupling, and she's like, not anymore. And then he just yeah. flies off big time. Um... Yeah, and, and the question, why are you acting so weird around me? Um, my name is Monel, and I am your great, 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 great grandchild from New Krypton, and it would be lovely if you weren't here right now. Jesus. Like, Monel's a real dick here, which is a shame, because Monel wasn't a dick in the originals, was he? Uh, there were times where he had a little bit of moodiness. Like, right. uh, actually, even, I think, in the Superboy stuff we read, he was right. kind of a little grouchy. But yeah, never really this bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just find it hard to believe that, like, to me, what would have been such a cool character who was trapped in the Phantom Zone. Maybe, uh, could there be a backstory revealed by Bendis that the original Superman trapped him in the Phantom Zone for that time? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that I mean, he says that he's the great, 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 great grandchild, though, which makes me think that the whole Phantom Zone thing might not have happened. But. But with the Phantom Zone, he went back in time to Superboy's time, so it, he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like he, <clears throat> from understanding it right, he he could. What I'm saying is, you could write it where he's he's born in the 31st century. He comes back in time via a time bubble to Superboy's time, the proper Superboy, Superman. Oh yeah. Gets put into the Phantom Zone there, then spends all those years in the Phantom Zone until it's the 31st century again and gets released by the Legion. And that would oh, yeah, that could be it. That could yeah, explain maybe why he'd be so bitter. John's the one that did it or something, too, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we can't have my fucking Superboy do it, like, because they <laughs> just won't allow it due to rights. But, yeah, that would exp- that would at least explain why you'd have the shits, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It seems like they're going to be revealing that in the next uh, couple issues based on issue 10. We'll see if Bendis is, you know, 
a capable enough writer to write something so interesting, you know? That yeah. we just that we just whipped up in about one second of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next page, who's the character? My name is Tamisa Mallor. This is issue nine. Um, yeah, it's Tasmia Mallor. That's uh, Shadowlass. Shadowlass, who I like uh, a lot, actually. I think she's a cool character. I think she's got a bit of personality. Um, then we have this president also then has a, a monologue. And the name is actually RJ Brand, so it's literally the same name. Yeah. Which is weird. But yeah, um, basically the Legion's going to trial and Shadowlass seems to be the one that's defending them. Yes. And I love the page um, of art where it's page th- five and it's it's with Ultra... Not Ultra Boy, Colossal Boy at the top. Shadowlass is there with the big long hair. You know, it, it's a panel with a whole stack of Legion. It's very much like the Senate mm-hmm. in, in Phantom Menace or something, you know? Yeah, it is. Very reminiscent. Uh, we also see a new Legionnaire there um, next to the Gold Lantern. Yes. That's uh, Eternity Boy. Which one is that? Is that the green one with the green head and sort of a weird head? Green uniform. Uh, he's on the left. If you see Bouncing Boy, he's underneath him. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. They've got oh, okay, a yeah. very strange alien-style head. Who, who are they again? Who did you say? I think they called him Eternity Boy. We don't know anything about him yet. They just introduced him here randomly, which is just kind of odd, you know, Mm. that they just throw in new characters. So it's not a classic Legionnaire? Not a classic Legionnaire and hasn't been seen up to this point. Okay. Uh, And I see Lightning Lass. They just can't decide on a design for her. Um, Which one? The one flying there? Lightning Lass kind of levitating on Colossal Boy's arm, left arm. Yeah, I uh, think, you know, different people drawing it. I don't yeah. know who drew this page. Where's Dawnstar? Have we got the plunging neckline or, or not? Is she there? I don't think so. No, no she's there. In the it front. looks like... She's got the, she's got the fucking, you know, full covering. She hasn't got the boobs hanging yeah. out this time at all. It's disappointing. Um... Shadowless is kind of glaring at her there. I don't know why. She's got a bit of junk in her trunk, too. <laughs> yeah, she does, indeed. <laughs> and fucking, of course, Superboy is there at the front, just looking away, not even looking towards the fucking action. Well, yeah, like I said, this is what I liked about the last couple issues, this issue and the last, I guess I should say, yeah. because he hasn't had much to do. Yeah, yeah, true. I think there's Rose there to the above Triplicate Girl. Is that Rose? She's just there in green, above Triplicate Girl. Like, oh, yep, that's her. Huh? Yeah, she does very little, but she's there. Oh, yeah, but next page, my favourite page, we see Dawnstar in the classic. Thanks, Mike Grell, for turning up. Um, He's got... <laughs> yeah, what's he got? Her. Cosmic Boy in almost... Is, is Cosmic Boy literally got nothing on his top, or is he... What's happening? Yeah, I'm not sure what's That's going on. That's his 70s costume. It's kind of like a, a leotard type thing. Right, okay. And also, Saturn Girl's got the, the classic one as well. Yeah, which is just weird that randomly they're in different clothes, but I mean, it's fine. No, I, I like it. Are you kidding, Adam? This is, I'm like, thanks, my girl, for turning up. And uh, he, he was like, well, I guess I'll do it, but I'm going to do it my way. And they're like, okay, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Go for Maybe it. Maybe we'll get an issue by Mike Grill. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, all, they're all sort of just talking. They're talking. It's, it's, it's basically a chapter where they're bringing, it's actually a cool chapter because they're bringing in how everyone got, Included. Yeah, the point is to see uh, what they were telling people when they joined and whether or not they were intending to be like anti, uh, what is it called, United Planets? Yeah. Um, or not, yeah. 
No, it's cool. I, I, I really like it. Then we have Bouncing Boy, who has really grown on me. I think the first time I ever read Legion, I thought Bouncing Boy was kind of lame. But once you get in the frame with Legion, you've kind of got to be in the right headspace. He's really cool. Yeah, and here he's pretty cool because he talks about how he's invulnerable, yeah. uh, which is kind of a new spin, uh, giving him a little extra power. Uh, this is an Yvonne Reese page, or Yvonne Heiss, I think is how he actually says it. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that he said it. So that really way. good art. Okay. Yeah, it's great art. And you see Bouncing Boy just going crazy with his bouncing. Yeah. He's, he's and a... you see also his name's Charles Foster Tane. Yes. So I thought you might appreciate that little joke. Why? What's what's so funny about that? Like, uh, uh, Citizen Kane, Charles Foster Kane. Oh, yeah. Good good one. Good one. Good one. Um, and I, I also like that he wants to be called Bouncing Boy because they're kind of like, are you sure you want to be called Bouncing Boy and not the Bullet or something? And he's, but he's Yeah, I think that's cool. He's all about Bouncing Boy. The next page, uh, one of your favourites, Monster Boy. Um, yep. Of course, we had to have fucking Bendis. Isn't Monster prerogative or pejorative in some cultures? Just fuck off, Bendis. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, Jesus Christ, this political correctness that Bendis tries to type in with. You know what I mean? Just Well, in his defence, I think that with Monster Boy, there are people on Twitter that were kind of like saying as much, so he was probably just trying to appease them, but still... Yeah, but not an excuse. The people on Twitter yeah. will fucking whine about anything, you know? <laughs> like, uh, like they'll, they'll whine that the sky is blue, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, and the sun is yellow, they'll whine about that. Well, that doesn't make them right. Um, yeah, anyway. I'd recommend you staying off Twitter. Um, yeah, but he, uh, exactly. he says he's different than Chameleon Boy, but he doesn't really say why. Yes, he does. He says it's not actually a change, so it's like, okay. Well, couldn't but, yeah, I, I don't know enough about Chameleon Boy because they are quite similar, but I guess kind of maybe he has the powers. Maybe. You know, um, but Chameleon we do see Boy, that Chameleon at Boy the end the he becomes... What's that? Well, what I'm trying to say is Chameleon Boy literally mimics, you know, literally exactly, whereas Monster Boy creates these monsters that are still based off him, you know, does, yeah, that could be it. I don't know, like their power sets or something. I'm not sure, but it, it seems slightly different, very slightly, but just a bit different. Yeah, it's just like it would be nice to be defined, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Would because be you know the Legion have the rule of one yes. Legionnaire per power or whatever. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it but, feels like either Monster Boy or Chameleon Boy got a bit lucky on audition day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we see um, that he transforms into the super Moby Dick of space at the bottom page there, cool. which is a reference to like a classic story. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And then we see rock really going or block going fucking crazy at the president um, in the next page. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I swore on earth to you in your office. How could you? And she's like, Sergeant block. Obviously she writes Sergeant block. And I of course been no personal discourtesy and would love for you to speak your own. Yeah, Block's really going fucking mental um, in that page. Yeah, I like Block in here. Um, yeah, he's cool. Also, in that first panel, or I guess the second panel, uh, there's another new Legionnaire shown there called Radius Lad by Bouncing Boy. Um, just thought I'd shout that out. Oh, okay. The one sort of the word balloon is over from Bouncing yeah. Boy. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the, the, this isn't exactly like someone like me would just miss that completely. Yeah, it's just odd that they introduced it here, um, and you know we've had so many group scenes of the Legion, and then they just sneak one in. But, how do you know? know? How do you guys know? I, I get that the real Legionnaire fans go over every pale, but 
how do you know that a new character that's not even named is named that character? Uh, the only way we knew is because of the first trade. They had a bunch of back matter with the designs. Okay, so, right. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. Um, Bendis and does, then does Bendis do that annoying thing? Oh, I'm going to get to that one day. And oh, fuck off. Like, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I guess maybe. <sighs> uh, if he leave, what about if he leaves at issue 18 and doesn't do anything with it at all? Thanks, well, Bendis. Yeah, that would be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had the next page. It, I kind of like the classic team of like Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Cosmic Boy, kind of like on the table. You know, which was the classic scene from the original Superboy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. Um, and then Wildfire's like, That's I'm not right. I'm not here to audition. I'm here to find out if this is for real. And I quite like Saturn Girl with the piercings. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's different, uh, but yeah, this is Junior Junior Jr. Jr. I'd like Saturn Girl in my fantasy. She's got the piercings. She's got that haircut, but she's got the Mike Grohl bikini on. <laughs> I, I bet I, she does. Mix it up a little bit, you know. You see what I'm saying? I like to mix up the eras just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'd like uh, to give Cosmic Boy a proper haircut as well because that hair's just looking more and more terrible. Yeah, um, it does look pretty bad there. But uh, something that's interesting is that Wildfire here is shown auditioning, and then they say you're in. Yeah. But we just saw in the previous issue how Bendis wanted to keep the old origin of him being rejected at first. So it's like, yeah, which is it? Great yeah, Bendis. But, well, yeah. well done, Bendis. Um, yeah. Can't even keep up with uh, but yeah, he's now. being. These are being shown to highlight how the Legion, you know, a lot of the Legionnaires actually did feel uh, they did support the United Planets. So yeah, yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. No, that's true. Because yeah, well, that helps exonerate them, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, then we next page is Timberwolf, Timberwolf right? Cool, with, cool page. Uh, this is what's this artist's name? How the fuck would I know? <laughs> it's uh i thought you would know her nicholas scott she did a lot oh. of birds of prey yeah no i know nicholas scott she's an aussie um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah i, I yeah, love nicholas i love nicholas know. scott but i don't know her art well enough to just be able to pick it yeah. off the page like that's very rare that i know that actually um great art and really cool and also interesting backstory on timberwolf um he comes from basically a dead planet it seems yeah, a planet that didn't have the support, or you know, weren't wasn't in the United Planets, and just kind of got destroyed. Also interesting that Timberwolf was a medical experimentation by his dad or something. Yeah, we should cover that story, but yeah, that's basically the classic Legions. And, oh, that uh, is the classic story. I was going to ask you that. Was that the classic? Yeah, I, I didn't know if that was classic. Um, you know, Legion, and then we had a page just of. Um, it was actually interesting. It was it was kind of all blurry, but it's Invisible Kid. Yeah, um, it's just him talking. He says he's from the planet Kitson, which normally he's just from Earth, so that's a different thing, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but he says that his planet, he exists on a different part of the visual spectrum than yours, which is kind of interesting. Like, it's almost a struggle for him to become visible. Yes, yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and then we had kind of more classic style of artwork with, the uh, general's come back. This general keeps popping in and out. It's hard to keep up with him. Um, yeah, this is Art Adams' uh, artwork. Uh, very much a classic artist, Art Adams. <laughs> I, I like his art. I, I think he's a good artist. Um, but the story is not great, how this general just keeps popping back up. And, you know, like, it's just like, Bandit's really seriously, you couldn't think of anything more interesting than this. Um, yeah, this is also what I was talking about, his script, where in this 
uh, page Ultra Boy is in chains, and then the next page he's not in chains, and then the following page he is in chains. It's just like, okay. Right, yeah, he's in chains there. The next page, it's tw- 17 seconds later. I don't know why he did 70 seconds later and then he does 12 seconds ago. Like, why <laughs> did you have, like, you know, a cool image of Monel um, beating the shit out of him at super speed. Um, yeah, it's Jim Chung. He did a lot of the variant covers. Okay. Yeah, very cool cover or very cool art, but uh, it's just odd that he did that choice. He's done that a lot in the Superman book where he right. like messes with the timeline. But pointlessly, but, though, it doesn't serve any point. You know? What's, what's that? It's pointless. It, it, yeah, I know. Like, that's cool if it serves a point, but if it's just showing stuff out of order for no reason, that's just annoying. You know? Especially how idiot it was. Yeah, I that he revealed it. Maybe it was just a weird. Maybe he just. I don't know. Maybe they just did an odd layout, and they didn't think it was self-explanatory. So then they had to add the. Yeah. I think uh, that. seconds thing. It's I don't just know. stupid. Like, but it annoyed me to have to read it like that because I'm just like Bendis. Can't you at least structure it in order? You know, in a yeah. mainstream fucking book, like you're just being cute for no reason. And as my tennis uh, coach often says, "Cute doesn't pay." You know. <laughs> It's, that's what he says. Like he, when you're playing drop shots on the back of the court, cute doesn't pay, you know. And that's what that is. That's a, that's an attempted drop shot from back of the court, and that's always going to get run. Nice to live by. It is. Uh, then next page we have um, again Dream Girl. Uh, they're still going with sort of the nude sort of gold approach, which I'm a fan of personally. I think it's quite good. They could have probably put. A little bit more booby Jonna, but anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, this one is Gary Frank. Well, we do like Gary Frank on the on Legion Outpost, don't we? we are, yeah, we are I do love Gary. Uh, Gary. It's a shame he couldn't get Dawnstar in the back there, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do a little star, uh, Saturn Girl and some Shadow Ass. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that some of them follow more closely to the commandments of the current book, and other guys do their own approach wildly, you know? Yeah, that's weird. There's a bit more. It's weird. Some of them are visually consistent, and other guys are just like Mike Rolls, just like I'm going to do it my way, like it's the seventies. Yeah, he's going to do which is why I like the the variety. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Um, and then the final page, beautiful image. um, A great darkness is coming, which is obviously very, you know, big news. It's actually not the final page, but it's a it's a feature page. uh, big news for Legion fans because uh, of the Darkness Saga, you know. Um, you know, Darkness Yeah, so he's basically going to do his version of, I guess, that. I really hope Bendis is off the book by the time that comes around. That someone, someone else does it. Like. <laughs> it um, could be his final arc. I doubt he leaves before it's done, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, next page was cool with the triplicate goal. Who was the artist on, of that full-page spread? Uh, the, the Dream Girl one? Yes. That's Tula Lote. She did uh, a book called Supreme mm. Blue Rose or something uh, by with Or uh, Warren Ellis. Okay, he, he shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis has had an interesting year, hasn't he? <laughs> he sure has. Jesus Christ, Warren Ellis! How could that ever <laughs> not have backfired? You know, his whole thing about having all the girls run the world and all that. And the, the whole fucking... It was like just a cast of cards waiting to tumble down, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's good if you act like a piece of crap that you get busted like a piece of crap, at least. Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a complete, <laughs> complete piece of crap. Like, I was kind of like, wow, okay, we're, he's a real, real slimeball, like, it seems. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, uh, next page. I, like, I've got to be honest, I, I really like this personification of Triplicate Girl. I'm wondering if there are... Uh, I, I get it. I, I feel guilty because I quite like the original Triplicate Girl as well. But um, this is just like a, a new take. But I think this is one of the more successful new takes that Bendis has done. Yeah, I think the uh, Triplicate Girl you'll find is one that's good throughout all eras. Uh, you know, when they're rebooted so much, sometimes you're like... You know, I like this version of Cosmic Boy, but not that version as much. But yes. I think Triplicate Girls wants it always really solid. And cool. I like her art here, and the colors yeah. are very vibrant with her yeah. different uh, selves. It'd be cool to have Bouncing Boy kind of get a relationship with her because that's where that's who he gets in a relationship with. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. hopefully we see that coming up. Uh, this artist is actually doing; uh, they're doing the future state stuff with the legion and this artist is the one that's going to be drawing those oh okay which are kind of like the alternate future versions and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah we'll wait and see how that is the next page we have a return to kind of the more almost cartoony style of artwork um, mm-hmm. this is gene luen yang who you've probably heard of superman chinese superman or something yeah yeah he's a big like eisner winner guy right yeah i've not read anything but I don't mind the art. Like it's it, it it's kind of very sort of um, I don't know how to describe it. Like simple, know, I guess. Simple action, not not action. The opposite of yeah. action, a kind of more talky style. Works mm-hmm. for this one page. I'd hate to see a whole Legion book look like this. You know. Uh yeah, especially the nine panel grid would get yeah. a little old that's if done do. like this. Yeah, that's what I think too. Um, then the next page is cool with this Doctor Fate. I thought it was really cool actually. This Doctor Fate. Yeah, it's a good-looking page. Um, but he's basically called in to kind of back up what Dreamgirl said, um, and he's like, "Yeah, there's a great darkness coming." Yeah, there's a great darkness. Yeah, we can't. The yeah, Bendis once he reveals that, then gets everyone to say that. You know. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Cool image of of Doctor Fate. You know what? That this full page of Doctor Fate, I could almost do without any of the word balloons. You know. Yeah, it's a good-looking page. I just looked up who it was because I couldn't tell, but it's. Uh, Wait, which are you talking about? Which Doctor Fate page? There's two. Uh, the one, the second one, the one where he's flying oh, okay. with his feet. Gotcha. The first one was Kevin Nolan, mm-hmm. and then the second one is um, yeah, it's a very effective page. I agree with you. That's Michelle Fife. He does. Uh, oh yeah, I know him. All... Copra. Yeah. Copra. Yeah. yeah. People love that. Yeah, I, I like both. I want to be very clear. I like both pages of Doctor Fate, but I just think that you could take out. The word balloons here. I don't think they added much at all. And I, I, I yeah, think, I'd agree with that. See, that's something I think Bender should do more of. Like, tell us... He won't because he's so far into his career and stuck in his ways, but learn how to tell a story sometimes without the massive data dump of exposition. Let the pitcher tell the story. Um, cause that's I'm going to agree with you because, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, the the dialogue doesn't really add much. Yeah, um, it's just it's just it's just nothing dialogue. It's very nothingy. Love the next page of the of this white witch. Who's the artist here? Because I really like this. That is Jenny Friesan. She does a lot of variant yes. covers of like Wonder Woman. Jenny Friesan is that the, is that the name of the artist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, yep. I really like this artwork. Like, what do you think of this? It's good. It's uh, very much like uh, pinup style, almost. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. Like, you know, I often talk about how I would like to get um, some stuff on walls and stuff, and I never do. But um, but yeah, the, I I just think it's it's particularly good. You know. Yeah. Um. 
Oh, it's funny how you always go straight for the mural. Oh yeah, gotta go for the mural. <laughs> like if you if you, but, uh, she does a lot of Vampirilla. I'm just looking at her stuff. She's done quite a bit of Vamp- oh, does she? Vampirilla, um, which fit. You can see that in this as well. You could see, you know, the, the that kind of character if you took away some of the armor. Um, yeah, yeah, no, she, yeah, you're right. She does some cool Wonder Woman. She's a good, cool artist. Like, she's very, yeah. very striking. Images. Very popular. Okay, well, I'd like she. Some of uh, Though this one reveals that she's actually Mordru's daughter in this yes. version. Yes. And that she also... She's like thousands of years old, but she doesn't plan on revealing that unless Mordru is the cause of the Great Darkness. Okay. Uh, and Mordru is the cause of the Great Darkness, is that right? Not in the original, um, but we don't know yet. Yeah, oh, maybe she says if, if Mordru. Yeah, she's just speculating. Okay. She's but then we reveal that she can see that uh, Krav already knows about the Great Darkness coming, and that's why he was after the the Trident. And then he basically confesses, and that kind of wraps up the trial where she dismisses the Legion because uh, she knows that Krav was up to no good. Yeah, well, what a surprise, you know? Um, yeah. And then we have the Gold Lantern come in. I do like in the next issue, there's a little bit of stuff with the Lanterns because I, I get confused. I'm like, what is this guy actually doing? You know? Um, yeah, he's got a cool design. He but does have a cool doesn't design. Really say. doesn't really say. He's got a cool visor as well. Um, yeah, the speculation is that he's blind. Okay. But it, yeah, he's blind, he but he, see, he sees through the thing or something. Like, yeah. yeah. But it could also just be like sunglasses. You know? Yeah, there's a thing in the next issue where they show him, like, before he was Gold Lantern. Right. And I think he's wearing, like, a blindfold. Okay, then he is blind. Okay. Maybe. Probably so. more interesting than just wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just a nifty pair of shades I like to wear around to go with my costume. Um, yeah, okay, so it's Long Live the Legion. And then final page. Got to be honest, the only part in the whole story where Jonathan Kent does anything interesting is he kisses Saturn Girl. Which I could imagine, and I don't know the ins and outs of it all, I could imagine this was quite controversial in Legion lore, Superboy kissing Saturn Girl. Am I right or wrong? Um, I don't know. I mean, this one came out maybe a month ago. Um, I don't remember people being all that upset. I think it's kind of already understood that the relationships are going to be different this time through because, of course, she's traditionally with Lightning Lad. Um but yeah, this was said that it's the big moment of the issues of the 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 trial. Right. And I was like, this is the big moment? Like, I don't really care. Yeah, no, I didn't really care. I, I thought it was, you know, it was, it's almost a desperate attempt to make um, Jonathan Kent do something worthwhile, you know? So they've just, yep. they've just gone for just, Bendis is like, what can I do? I can get him to kiss Saturn Girl. That'll be, you know, thing. And then issue 10, literally the cover is like, first kiss. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, that was another thing, is they acted like the end of 9 was supposed to be a big surprise, but <laughs> I kind of predicted ahead of time because the issue 10 cover was out like months before issue 9 came out, so it's like... Uh, it also okay. says to me, sadly, girl's got no taste. She just likes fucking milk white, you know, bread. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she just could she like it any more straight and fucking conventional? Like, yeah. She's yeah. surrounded by all these cool characters, and she's like, I want to go for Jonathan Kent, the fucking just fucking most generic character of all time like not even superman you know what i mean like his kid superboy yeah superboy and and in my mind the fake superboy you know what i mean like superboy version seven (laughs) yeah me too at this point um i find him pretty dull like we've said 
Yep. Then we come to the final issue, which is going to bring us right up to date with Bendis, which I think we're both relieved by. And I think we've done a yeah. very good job of, of grinding through these issues, though. Um, issue 10, Karate Kid. Not a fan of this guy's design at all. I don't. He looks like Sheldon from the fucking Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he does kind of look like that he there. Looks ridiculous. Um, like... His hair is very far back on his head. Yes. Which I don't know if that's a ethnic thing or what. Well, I mean, is it Bendis? Like, you know, famously a bald guy going, we, we need more <laughs> sort of bald people in the Legion. Like, I'm almost yeah. like, if you're going to put his hair that far back, why don't you just make him full bald? You know? Yeah, I kind of would have preferred that. Um, he says, though, that he is a master of every master. Uh, uh, wait, he said, I'm a master of every martial art, I think, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his, um, but you know, everybody knows karate, so. I, I thought that was cool, though. That That's yeah. fair enough. Like, because that gives them a lot of room to do, like in Doctor Who, Venetian karate and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it gives the writers more room that he can do all sorts of weird martial arts. Yeah, and I think that's kind of something that's consistent for Karate Kid is that he's not just karate. Yeah, I mean, it could be kind of stupid. Like, if he just yeah. was, what is your power? Karate? Is it really a power? It is weird that that's a power, though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's power? <laughs> We're being very loose with the rules on Karate Kid. Um, but, any, but anyway, I mean, but if he has all the, you know, um, is he from Earth? Uh, traditionally, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if he says differently here. I'll tell you something I didn't like. Yeah, nothing to do with Karate Kid per se. It's the fact that he then recaps. I, I hate it. Like, either have a recap page at the start of the issue, DC, like Marvel do, or don't have one, but don't do this thing where he's like, um, let me just, you know, we're not back in the 1960s where they have to recap what happened in the last issue in excruciating detail, but Bendis is. Bendis is like, I'm going to excruciating only talk about the whole arc so far, you know? Yeah, I mean, this isn't even a DC thing, I don't think. I think it's entirely a Bendis thing. That was something Bendis. that he wanted to bring to DC with him. And Fuck I get what you're saying because, you know, either have the recap and I can skip it or yeah. have new information that I have to read. I don't mind the recap like, page, like, if it's, if it's, if it's a inserted before the story, so outside of the story... I don't mind it at all, like a small recap page, but don't insert it into the story and have fucking Karate Kid just telling us, you know? It's so dull. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess really it's better than having a black page with text, though. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. But you can have the image. But I don't know, does it count as a story page? Because if it counts as a story page, then I guess, yeah, I don't really like it either. But, but, but how Marvel, I mean, I've not read many Marvel comics recently, but... When normally, from my memory, when they do them, it's before the story starts, and they'll have like an image in the background, and then the writing over the top of it, like, and it's very brief. It's like a paragraph, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't like it in the story, which is taking up this this whole thing. Bendis just clutters his pages with word balloons, you know? Like. It's, yeah, he definitely it's does. Terrible. And this is the issue again, where I kind of like started to fall off again. Yeah. Uh, not as much enjoyment. The lovey-dovey issue of Saturn Girl and fucking John Kander suddenly, like, holding hands and just playing kissy-kissy. Um, yeah, they're on a date, and he takes... Or she takes him inside of her, like, mind, and he says how clean it is. <laughs> and apparently she says it's not. That's what I get in trouble from my parents for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And then but she... then uh, they find out that Mordrew escaped, uh, yeah. and John is nervous about that. Can I insert something here? How fucking cool would it have been 
if Saturn Girl had taken him back to a little hidey hole and they'd had sex, that would be much more fun. <laughs> like, but, but why not? Like, they're of age, aren't they? You know? I don't know. I think one of them says later they're 17. I don't think yeah, it's one of them, but one not, of the Legionnaires do. Maybe that's not legal in the 31st century. But, but, but like, if they did something like that, at least I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, this is teenagers. This is, this is kind of... They're mixing shit up in their late teens, but of course it's like, oh, it's the first kiss of John Kent. Like, give me a break. <laughs> like, you know, it's like he's not ten anymore. You know? Um, yeah. No, just yeah. putting it out there. If I, was, if I was writing it, if I was writing it, it'd be kind of like, where's Saturn Girl and um, John Kent? Oh, they're fucking. They're coupling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Star was there, and Dream Girl. <laughs> yeah, Dream Girl was there. Dream Girl had a dream. Oh, what's the dream? But then she dreams exactly the sex scene. It's like, thanks, Dave, for your take on Legion. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, uh, but sadly, none of that happens. Sadly, that none of that happens, unfortunately. Yeah. I do like, though, <clears throat> something I do like, this character from Planet Gotham, this kind of, like, detective character. Yeah, the commissioner. Yeah, we'll see how important she actually is, though. Probably not very, I'd say. Um... <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it's more of a visual look. I, I just like the visual of her and the Gotham sort of PD people who come with her. Yeah, um, I cool. just, just think they're cool. And uh, there's magic. We've been tracking Mordred since his escape. We have a lead on his whereabouts, but I think the Legion needs to see what we have found. Magic, not my favourite. Is she referring to the fries? Or No. No. Right. I thought she was. I was like, are they magic fries? But she's talking that Mordred is magic, and he's like... Magic, oh great, the other kryptonite. Yeah, because, you know, classically, Superman was vulnerable to kryptonite and magic, and that was it. I've got something to... This is from Connor. You know Connor, um, who is, you know, sometimes on Signal and does Last Sons of Krypton and all that. Mm -hmm. This is according to Connor now, and I take his word for it because he's way more, you know, he's a huge Superman guy. Kryptonite kills Superman, you know, like, will kill him. But magic, he's... If it's a magic sword... He's vulnerable to that sword like you or I would be vulnerable because of the magic. Mm-hmm. So it's the magic itself is not killing him. It just it just means that the the power of the item he is vulnerable to, basically. According to Connor. Sure. I mean, I would say that. Or even, you know, if Mr. Mixia's Pitlick snapped his fingers <laughs> and, you know, magically inserted a blade into yes. him or yeah. split him in two. I love Mr. Mixia's yeah, Pitlick. Even without a sword. I yeah. love Mr. Mixia's you know? Oh, you know what you need to read is um, whatever happened to the, to the Man of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That's a great Mixius Pitlick story. Man, I've got that on my shelf here in the hardcover to actually read. You know, Richard, we had we had one of our famous debates. He was saying that Batmite was, like, way worse than Mr. Mix Pitlick, and I'm like, Batmite's cool too. You know, like, you know, he's not as big, but he was a cool character because Richard was saying Batman used to rip off Superman, like Ace the Bat Hound. Yeah, I remember that. Rip off Krypton and st- rip off Crypto and stuff. But to me, it was kind of cool, all of them. I- I'd love, like, an issue where it was, like, Crypto, Ace the Bat Hound, Mr. Pizlik, and Batmite. That'd be cool, you know? Yeah. I, I always liked both of them. Um, you know, Batmite always being more of, like, a Batman fanboy, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, Batmite, uh, yeah, exactly. He's not evil. You ever see that last uh, episode of uh, Brave and the Bold? That was pretty good. No, I've got it. I, I should watch it. Oh. I've not watched it. I've heard it's very good, You though. should. It's all, uh, it's all like, a Batmite-type episode, and he's just talking about how much of a big fan he is of Batman, and it's kind of meta, meta-textual or whatever. 
I will uh, watch it today. I've actually got it on. I've got the the whole yeah. series. Um, I, oh. I what I've what I've read of well, sorry watched of that series. I really love. I think it's actually a really entertaining show. You know, I, I reckon it's something you know you can show a kid at like six, seven. You know. Yeah, I went through a little binge of it a while, you know, a few years ago, and I was really impressed by it because, uh, you know, on the surface, I would just completely dismiss it because it looked like... Which is what I did originally, and then, you know what, I had a tennis um, partner who enjoyed the movies and Batman but didn't read any comics, you know, he just liked the sort of characters, and anyway, he watched it, and he loved it, And, and this was a guy slightly younger than me, but not that younger, and I was like, really, it's good? And then I went and got it. Started watching it and I was like, oh, "This is actually really very good." Like the Superman yeah. episode's very good. I watched that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, skip to the end and just check out the the last episode for the Batmite thing. I would we'll suggest, but yeah, the whole show's worth watching. I need to actually find out where I can watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, you can sell the high season, find it. That's that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> out there, out there, deep, deep, deep in the Pacific Ocean, man, you can find it there. Um, deep now, in the dark. Wind. What's happening? Oh, then we have an interesting, um, and we're back to one artist now, aren't we? Is this one artist doing this part, this issue? Yeah, Ryan Sook uh, was able to catch up, and he's going to be doing the next two issues completely too. Which is a big complaint people have about him is that he hasn't been able to do it. But if you look at what he's been doing, it's like great work, and he's yeah. putting thirty characters on a page, um, which yeah, is most tough. people's yeah. why people don't want to drop Legion. Yeah, no, it's t- you've got to have some um, compassion for these artists. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, people are so unrealistic in their demands. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, draw the whole thing. Get out every month. Like, do every character. Do it all. Like, they're not fucking slaves in a Roman galley, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, like, I've got to say, DC did put all these cool variant artists on the actual book, and I thought it was really quite cool. You know, I did too. Uh, I think that was probably the best couple issues yeah. so far. Well, it kind of took away from the grind of Bendis's slow, slow, slow story. You know, it yeah. And like kind of I said, it up. Uh, the speculation was that each character was going to get a page, and for a while it seemed like it was, and we were learning a lot about mm. characters we hadn't heard from. Yeah. But then in the second issue, he didn't really follow through with that. So thanks, Bendis. Well, he never promised it, but it just would have been a good idea, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trump didn't promise a vaccine, but here we are, you know? Yeah, he did promise a wall. (laughs) (laughs) A wall. Did the wall ever get built? Is it it kind of half built or something, or is it just built in his imagination? (laughs) I'm not even sure. I don't think so, but yeah, tomorrow's election day. It's going to say it's election day. So it's election eve there, isn't it? Am I right? It is, yeah. And as how is the we, we you know you don't need to tell us how you voted, but like how is the mood like? Because he's Biden's the favorite, but do you think Trump's got a chance? I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the results should be in. Uh, yeah. So I thought initially that there was no way that Trump was going to win. Uh. Um, maybe just because of you know, like Twitter. I follow a lot of like comic yeah, yeah, creators yeah. who are yeah, largely yeah, liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like that was all I was seeing. But uh, I also come from a really conservative area and a really sure. conservative family, actually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I made sure I voted uh, for Biden. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wanted you know, to get no your voice heard. There, there is a, look, believe you me, Signal has listeners on both sides of the divide and, and yeah. I'm not even American. So I'm not too invested in 
whoever wins. But Trump does have a broad base of support, like which is ignored at times by the media. You know, um, he does, and uh, you know, I'm not the type to say you know everybody that votes for Trump are evil bastards. You know, there's a lot of people that would say yeah, that, yeah. and there's a lot of people that would say if you're voting for Biden, you're evil bastards. Yeah. Just you're for me, I, I don't whatever, like you know? the way Trump. Uh, you know, behaves, honestly, is a large portion sure. of the reason why I don't want him in office, you know? But, uh, no, I, I just meant in terms of election eve, like, what's the feeling in the streets? Like, do they feel like they're going to have a new president, or do they, do they think Trump's got to punch his chance tomorrow? I, you know, I don't know, man. It's up in there. I have no clue. It's, yeah, <laughs> I know it, my wife didn't want to be out and about tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting because uh, I think both parties could probably look at disputing the result if it's close, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think absolutely that will happen. But mm. feel free to edit out that political stuff if you want to. No, 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 not at all. I won't edit it out. It's nothing uh, controversial. I mean, you're, you're entitled to your view, and I'm, I'm don't even have one really. I was just more interested in the in the climate over there, you know, because it's a it's a big news item here in Australia. Like uh, Trump and well, Biden have been on the Well, I would say there's been a lot of. I'm sorry, I was trying to cut you off. No, no, I was just saying Trump and Biden have been on the news for weeks here. We, we really pipe into the U.S. election cycle over here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot uh, of that here. Um, I will say this year there's a lot of, like, voting early. And yes. I don't know if it's, like, a COVID thing or if, like, voting numbers will actually be up. I can imagine both. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely crazy early voting uh, to the extent where I don't know, yeah. you know how busy voting will even be tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, just getting away from the, the actual candidates themselves, I, I heard that um, when it came to polling, like pre-polling, like what we call here um, is the same thing. Like you, you, you can go on. It's become a lot more popular here in Australia too to, to, to vote before the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but here on election day in Australia, they, they do like sausage sizzles. But I saw over there you had like Adidas giving out free gift bags. You had like coffee stands and all sorts of shit was going on. Like you guys are really doing it the right way in terms of like if you have to stand in line, you've got quite a few options. I didn't get shit. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, Why? (laughs) I didn't have anything. Oh, right. Um, So you didn't get anything. You just had to turn up and, you know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just going down to the, you know, municipal office and doing my thing. But yeah, doing I mean, your civic duty. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of people that will do stuff like that to like encourage voting. I know Tom King's going out and handing like comic oh, books out. Fuck off, Tom King. If he came up to me, I'd tell him to fuck off. I, I he, he'd probably grab a few. Like you know, he's given out a hardcover of Mister uh, Miracle or I'd whatever. He'd probably grab that, I'd right? That. I'd take that. I'd take that. Oh, no, I'd be like selective. <laughs> like if he came up to me with Heroes in Crisis hardcover, which I don't want, I'd say, okay, keep walking, Tom King. If he came up to me with the Rorschach like few traditions, I'd say, yeah, I'll take those. Uh, I'd look very closely at what he's giving me. If he was if he was bringing up Mr. Miracle or Vision, Vision, I'd be like, I'm going to give you a pass, Tom. Mr. Miracle, I'd say, thanks very much. I'd be very... But if he came up to me with the Batman, the wedding issue, I'd say, just keep on going, mate. Just yeah. just keep on moving down the line. You know? He, yeah, he had, a, he had a good variety. Maybe he'd let you pick. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I'm like, hmm, how will I... A, what will I say? And B, what will I take? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I do find it a bit hilarious how... I mean, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but I do find it a bit hilarious how some of these writers and artists on both sides of the divide feel like they're sort of champions of the oppressed. You know, like... 
they, they, they're such white knights in shining armor kind of thing. Like you'd think that like the it's like they're the only people who vote. The way they carry on, like it's just like calm down. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people too when they're on social media speak without really thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it is what uh, it is, man. It is what it is. You know, it's funny. Yeah. It's it's a big event though, a U.S. election. Like it's always, you know, it's it's, and I think Trump makes it more interesting. Um, just because of his style. Oh, for, oh yeah, more interesting and a little more scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just so out there. He's just so out there. Well, it's just like he said something. They were like, uh, "If you lose the election, will you, <laughs> you know, will it be a smooth transition?" He's like, "Well, we'll see." And it's like right there, I, I can't vote for that. Like I'm not like a, a crazy anti either one. I'm kind of yeah. more moderate. Yeah. But when you start talking like that, like you're losing my vote. <laughs> yeah, I find the thing with Trump is he talks a lot though. He talks. He, Trump is famous. He he'll go off script. You know, like which to me is entertaining. But do I think that necessarily means he's a great president? No, but it is entertaining to watch. Like you, you get a feel like this guy will say anything, which is very unlike a lot of the politicians who are very scripted. You know, um, that's true. Yeah, so it's I find it more entertaining, but it doesn't mean that I'm like, man, he's got my vote 100. percent Like I trust him with the Nitco codes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that's kind of scary to me. But oh well. Oh well. Oh, well, we'll see what happens anyway. And by the time this comes out, we should have a result, or maybe it'll be contested. We don't know. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. I'm pretty sure e- if Trump loses, he'll contest it. Yeah. Um, when was the first election for you that you voted in, like presidential? Let's see. Do you remember? Uh, I don't think I voted until 2000. Well, yeah, because I wouldn't have been old enough until 2012, which would be the Obama. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I voted Obama, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that his, his second? The vote? Obama election, I meant. I didn't vote for Obama. I don't remember how I voted. Yeah, no, but that would have been his second term, yeah? The second, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his second. Who was his candidate? Was it Mitt Romney, I think, in the second second one? I think it was. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, anyway, moving on from that excursion into 2020 politics from, from us. Uh, nice time stamp if you come back in a time bubble to listen to the signal. <laughs> To see yeah. where the signals are, we're we're, we're at election eve. Um, interesting election, yeah. Interesting election. Now, this was actually a fascinating um, series of pages uh, to do with the, uh, I guess you call them yellow lanterns, or the, at least the guardians, and they're all yellow now. I I did find it, I I do find it interesting that they've kept the green lanterns, and so they're doing a bit with that storyline, which I think is cool. Um, yeah. You know. Um. I guess the distinction is they're actually gold, which is not you yes. know. The yellows are normally evil, but these guys aren't evil. Oh, no, they're gold. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I like the designs. Um, but generally, like, yeah, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, like, 20th century stuff. Yeah, do you... That's what I was going to say. Like, do you like that a thousand years have gone by? So if you think about a thousand years, um, a thousand years ago in Earth history, we would have been yeah. around the start of the Crusade. The First Crusade, mm. roughly. That's a fucking uh-huh. long time. You know what I mean? In terms of in terms of how the world has changed, and I just I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that they pick something like the Green Lantern Corps and want to project it a thousand years into the future. And I just wondered, as a Legion fan, what you thought of that taking up space in a Legion book? Is that all part of moving the universe on a thousand years, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'll say. Um... 
they are in the DC universe, so it does make sense for some of the stuff to stick around, especially something like lanterns, which have been around, you know, in the DC universe uh, for a long, long time. Yes. Uh, I mean, in story, not like in publication. Mm. But uh, and also, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that this guy helped sell the book a lot because Did issue it? six um they like blew up in the aftermarket where it was selling for like 30 50 bucks wow um yeah did you have multiple copies do you do you buy this in singles i assume you do um i buy one of each cover generally really and so i did have two copies of that one but the thing was that issue six wasn't even his first appearance it was just the first time that he like really was showcased did you flip but, it on ebay or something like no, I, I can't. I, I got to keep them. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I locked them down. That way I don't have to buy it like for 100 bucks a few years from now or something. No, that's a good point. I, I always say that like some of the trades I've got on my shelves I know are worth shitloads because I just bought them at the time for cover price and they just, you know, went out of print. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it's I got hilarious. really lucky like, the other you know, day. I found a uh, Spider-Man Back in Black trade for 15 bucks. Right. And normally on like Amazon it's like 50 yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so anyway, we ha- we have the land, the land, or the, the guardians. I thought it was interesting. I was saying you're the lantern for this dimension, um, which was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, like you know, he's the only one that we'll really be seeing. Um, but yeah, basically, they're boosting his confidence uh, that he is a competent lantern. The difference uh, there wasn't the... really a lot out of this four pages of wall-to-wall text to me, I guess. No. Like, we've heard a lot. The Great Darkness is coming. The Great Darkness is coming. The Great Darkness is yeah, coming. We've heard coming. it from, like, it's four different people yeah. now. I know. It's still coming. The difference between the original Lanterns and Oa of today is the discovery that the Spectrum has greater purpose, and that purpose could bring the galaxy this balance has long been in need of. I'm like, that sounds very similar to what they always rave on about in Green Lantern. You know? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I liked those pages because they they look cool yeah they do um, yeah they do. i just like you know i didn't get a lot out of it no um yes and then we have um the i sort of want to discuss this before we go before we move away from bendis they go to new krypton which i think is cool um is that just a planet called new krypton um i would say that it's you know a rehabilitation and of... Monel came from Daxum, didn't he? But does he he does he still have the lead problem? Um, uh, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But he has the power of a Superman. He lacks some confidence. Um, then we see, oh, you didn't bring John Kent with you. I was really hoping to see him. You know, it's been almost a thousand years, and I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? And it turns out that he's uh, Monel's dad. And Grandpa. Grandpa, and he's Zod? Am I right? Is Did I read that correctly? Yep. Uh, yeah, it kind of threw me because, you I'm know, like, Zodrum has a beard, so I kind of assumed it was Superman. Well, dark hair and a beard, and is evil, basically. Yeah. So, what, Zod's been years. redeemed? Yeah, but is he... Is, does this mean that Kryptonites aren't immortal, but they can live a thousand years? Because I know at times Superman's been immortal um, in his existence. Um, yeah, I guess... They can. Maybe he went in the Phantom Zone. I don't know. Right. Again, you know, maybe that, you know, because he's commonly linked to the Phantom Zone, so maybe that's... Oh, right. So he could have been in prison in the Phantom, which would make sense, I guess, because he's generally either in prison or just out of prison in the Phantom Zone. Like, he's constantly bouncing back and forth. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Or 
he could have lived the entire time span because we don't know about Superman how long he can live. Yeah, I mean, I know in um, uh, I think it was in the Kingdom Come universe that Superman lives to be an old man, but he's like an old, like hunched over man. Right. By the time they show him living until the Legion. Oh, did they really? Time. Really. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it was in one of the sequels, but yeah. One of the terrible sequels from that classic series. Yeah. I actually, uh, Jeff Johns did the Thy Kingdom Come, which was a JSA arc. Yes. I actually quite liked that. I do want to check that out. But I was talking about, like, The Kingdom that they, said oh, yeah. they put out that was just, like, woefully bad. Um, uh, the Kingdom had some good tie-ins. There was one with Frank Quietly art, which, you know, I love Frank Quietly. Okay. But yeah, otherwise, kind of terrible. Okay, but anyway, so that's odd. And how does Bonnell have a beard all of a sudden? Yeah, I know. It's been like a day or something. Yeah, I'm like, he's got weird. this full-on beard going. Like, I don't know. And he he still keeps with his bullshit about John Kent. John Kent's still on the Legion? Of course. Your turn to feed the grandpa by, and he just flies off. Like, yeah, he's still got this fucking attitude problem. Drama. Um, maybe, though, it would make sense if he's been put into the Phantom Zone for a thousand years. That would actually make sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that would actually be a cool take, but I don't know, we'll see. Bendis, as usual, glacial on his subplots, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just drip, drip, drip on subplots. Like, it's not it... like uh, Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz was a master of A-plot, B-plot, C-plot. Yeah, so it's Chuck Dixon. Um, yeah. And you, you read 10 issues of a Chuck Dixon comic like Nightwing and how fast he moves the story along and, and fluidly moves it, not just fast, fluidly. Uh, as opposed to this, where you read 10 issues, and you're like, man, I feel like I really read about two and a half, you know? Yeah, I mean, with Bendis, it feels more like it's A-plot, 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 and you're just like, um, are any of these going to happen? Or maybe even B-plot, 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 yeah, B-plot yeah, would be yeah, more appropriate. Yeah, it would. It would, actually. That, exactly. That is very much what it's like. Like, And then he forgets his own story, like we've just said. Like, why does Bonnell have a beard? Like, the little inconsistencies... And I'm not normally a stickler, but when there's a lot of them and it happens all the time, you sort of start to lose patience a bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's been part of my frustration. Is I expected some, but yeah. Anyway, we find out that Monel left the Legion and he has kids, uh, which was interesting. Um, He's got multiple kids, yeah. Um, and then we go yeah. to... What, what happens on the last page here? Mordru goes to this planet, Xanthu... And then you said this was a big deal, Rogol Zar. Now, do you want to... So, Xanthu, first off, is the planet that Starboy's from. I don't know if that'll be significant. Right. But yeah, Mordru goes and he finds Rogol Zar. And I didn't say necessarily that it was a big deal, but that um, it's a character that Bendis created and uh, kind of pushes a whole lot. Oh, God, um, really? So this is a Bendis creation? He. This is the guy that blew up Krypton and probably pisses Connor off. Whoa, slow the fucking truck down. Uh, that yeah. pisses me off too. What this... <laughs> what? <laughs> excuse me for being old-fashioned, but Krypton blew up because of like earthquakes and a chemical reaction at the Earth's core that jor predicted in my view. You know? Well, here's what I'll say is I read the issues and I don't really remember. <laughs> and I don't know if it's as explicit as he blew it up, but basically the, hand, the headline turned into he's responsible for Krypton, yada, yada. But, but didn't yeah. Jor-El, like in the... Okay, I, I get that that's the fucking new Bender's take, which I hate. But like the classic... What was wrong with the classic origin where Jor-El saw what was happening to the planet and then the council wouldn't listen to him, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was still an aspect of it. It's just that it didn't explode of its own, like... Hide it. Uh, Hide it. Yeah. Hated Bendis, <laughs> and now that you've now that you've brought back your own fucking character, like great, you know. Yeah. What so that's surprise. why I mentioned it because I thought you were aware of this character, and I thought that no. you would hate it. But I do. You hate didn't it. hate it away, but you hate it now. So <laughs> I didn't. He wasn't even aware of it. Um, but yeah. now I'm aware of it. I I definitely hate it, and I also yeah. hate that Bendis is bringing his shitty character from his Superman run into his Legion. I mean, of course he is. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh... of course. Why would yeah, he? I'm not a huge on it. And then, you know, it almost seems like since Superman is ending, maybe that's why he's bringing him here to wrap up that arc or something. I don't know. But um, yeah. he isn't a great character by my account, I guess. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully he's not the Great Darkness thing. Yeah, that would suck. Um, yeah. I hope the Great Darkness is Dark Side. I know that that will be very predictable, but um, I just don't trust Bendis. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if... Rogelzar, or whatever the fuck his name is, is a, is an agent of Darkseid. I'd be okay with that, you know? Yeah, that'd be fine. Just, yeah. It's, it's just, just hard one to... of those characters that nobody's going to remember. If you recall um, Snyder on Batman, he created a couple of characters, or Gotham Girl, and, yeah, Tom King's run. Like, it's, you know, it's the minor characters that only that creator cares about because he can try to, he's trying to make them, turn them into something big, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I guess that works because sometimes characters blow sometimes. up and become very yeah. popular, but Absolutely. it's just the amount of times that it doesn't work. Yeah. I'd be surprised Naomi hasn't turned up. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought you would. That was why I bought that book because I knew he was coming on to the Legion at some point, maybe. Right. Um, or I don't know. It might have been announced or something, but I was like, oh, I got to get Naomi because wow. if it's going to turn into a $100 book and she's a <laughs> Legion of Superheroes character, I got to have it. That was a flop. I'm not man. paying hundred bucks for it. That was that was a fucking waste of cash, though. That whatever you spent on it, that was one of the worst books I've ever read. <laughs> I I uh, still have it just in case. Uh, you just hope, you're hoping. You're <laughs> like, come on, Bendis, put this in Legion and blow this character up just for me, just for my personal bank account. Well, I, I don't even care. Is if if she's a Legionnaire, then I'll keep it forever, probably. Yeah. If she's not, then yeah, I'll sell it. I mean, because yeah. I'm not hugely into it. No, it sucks. Okay, so that that brings us up to date, thank God, with Bendis. One thing we should cover that we skipped yes, over yes. Um, is Ultra Boy becomes the leader of Rembar. Which was cool. Yeah. And then they say, you can't be, he says, you can't be leader of Legion and leader of the planet. And then someone says, is that in the rule book? Can't you? And then there's sort of like, yeah. you know, the question. Um, so that's cool, though, because he, yeah, I mean, he is from that planet anyway, so it makes more sense than him than Monel being leader. Yeah, which, yeah, still don't know why they said that. I don't know if it was a joke or what. Yeah, I mean, I think Bendis would now say that was a joke, you know, con- conveniently. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> but yeah, so what do you give it out of 10? Oh, tough. Because there are bits I like, but there's bits that are just average as fuck. Um, six out of 10. Okay, so slightly lower than the last episode i think mm. uh i'm gonna give it a seven and a half just okay. because a lot of the art is very strong yeah the look the art can probably lift me to a 6.5 the story i just feel like i did a lot of reading and i didn't get too far i got sure. da- data dump data dump after data dump you know what i mean like it was just endless with this word balloons 
that weren't particularly exciting. But I did get a lot of information, and I did get some good art. So I'll be kind to Bendis and upscored a 6.5. You know? Okay, so equal to last time. Yeah, see, to me, this was better than the last bunch mm. uh, because that arc, just the way it was plotted, was just kind of odd. Uh, and this one... I like that we kind of learn more about some of the legionnaires and yes. less about John, so yes. that's why I rate it a little higher. No, that's true. And look, there are there are bits of it. I mean, six point five is probably an appropriate score because there are bits I quite enjoyed, you know. And overall, oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the artwork like a lot. And I, I sort of am hoping that another writer who's frankly better, you know, and more focused than Bendis comes on because I think that there's a lot here to work with. Like if you if you handed this book to me tomorrow on what Bendis has done, I think he's laid a decent framework, you know? Yeah. Um, he hasn't done much more than that, but he's laid a decent yeah. framework. And maybe that was his goal, you know, um, to sort of hand this book over to someone else after he kind of introduced the world, because that's kind of all he's done. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd just be pleased for the Legion to continue after yes. Bendis. I mean, well, surely it will. because we just don't know at this point. Do we know any idea of sales numbers? Have you got any idea? Uh, it's selling pretty decently, so a lot of people would probably smack my hand for saying that, but I think it's like DC, I think it was in like the top 20 of the DC books, selling like 30,000, okay. which isn't like super safe, but it's doing okay for now. In today's market, it's it's reasonable, you know? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, 6.5 from me, 7.5 from you. In your mind you have capacities, you know To telepath messages through the vast unknown Please close your eyes and concentrate With every thought you think Upon the recitation we're about to say Occupants of interplanetary craft Calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft Calling occupants of interplanetary craft Adam, so now that we're done with Bendis, we're taking a trip back to, I assume it's early 70s, uh, and issue 195, and we are going to do issues 195 and 197 to 201, is that correct? Yeah, so we just picked out the Legion stories. Yes, yes. And this was when, because I read quite a bit leading up to this, um, of the issues I had, this is where Super... Basically, there'd been a big push by Legion fans for the Legion stories to be a lot more in Superboy. So, 
And what they did was, obviously, they didn't have the stories. And so what they were doing was they were reprinting old Legion stories from the 60s in Superboy, um, along with Superboy solo stories. And the, 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 the letters pages were quite emphatic that they wanted new Legion. Um, yeah. And, and, like, it just shows you, back in the day, fanboys and fangirls used to talk trash. Um, <laughs> this isn't... This, this, people think it only happened with Twitter. I mean, by the standards of the day, I think they were very vocal, the Legion fans, and, and DC, in their wisdom, listened, and they they very officially say in the letters pages, look, we're sorry, we know it turned into reprints, but now we've got all new stories for you guys, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think they already had a fan club, and that's part of what kind of drove yeah. um, those letters um, that kept the Legion alive. Uh, so they were, they had the regular feature in action, and then they had a regular feature in uh or they had the regular feature and adventure, mm. then action for about 20 issues, and then now they're doing, like, little stories here and there in Superboy and eventually get a co-feature. Yeah, it's cool. Um, now, the first one is, in essence, we'll get you to take us through it, uh, Adam. It's yeah. basically the origin of Wildfire, right? Yeah, so starting out, uh, uh, I'm always disappointed when the Legion issue doesn't have a Legion cover. Mm-hmm. We get one with some blind kid instead, yeah. so that's Which lame. Is a Superboy story, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, nineteen seventy three, like you said, or yeah, nineteen seventy three. Twenty cents a comic. Twenty cents a comic in seventy three. Yeah, twenty cents. So that's uh, still pretty cheap, you know. Yeah, Not you quite could've... the twelve or fifteen cents, but. Yeah, I mean, you could imagine a kid going down. Back in those days, uh, early seventies. I mean, twenty cents. You could have picked that up with your soda, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so this isn't one that I ever had as a kid. (laughs) What's that? that? I said a bag of weed, soda, (laughs) a soda and a Legion comic. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And you go back and listen to your shitty Led Zeppelin, you know? (laughs) That sounds like a good uh, good night, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of painting a picture of what I would have been doing in the fucking 70s. Anyway, no continue, Led Zeppelin continue. for you, though, right? No Led Zeppelin for me. I actually hate that Led Zeppelin was so big in the 70s. But I would have had on, like, some Pink Floyd or or something, you know. I quite like, uh, you know, the band The Allman Brothers? Um, yeah, I quite uh, like, my dad like, them a lot. I'm thinking of 70s, you know, music. I, I quite like that kind of solos. Or maybe some Creedence Clearwater Revival back in those days. Mm. Yeah. Um, very popular in Nam. <laughs> well, I would have just come back. From Nam, so. <laughs> gonna run through the jungle, going. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed that plays in like every movie? Yeah. Uh, sure set in Nam. Yeah. It's also said in, in Call of Duty Black Ops. I think they played in the trailer, and I yeah. was like, yeah, it's always a sign that you're entering Nam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we yes. got a story called "The One Shot Hero." Mm. <clears throat> I bet his uh, girlfriend hopefully doesn't call him that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we see Wildfire's auditioning for uh, the Legion. Monel's the leader there. He's sitting at the front. And these, we're starting to see the Legion switch from their classic costumes over into what I'll call the disco costumes, which are like their Bronze Age or 70s costumes. So Shrinking Violet looks different than the Silver Age. Phantom Girl already has a new one. Colossal Boy and uh, Chameleon Boy all have new costumes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so he's saying, he's given a bit about his origin. Um, he used to be an astro-engineer, 
and he was working on an experimental rocket until he got hit by some discharge of a lethal blast of antimatter energy. Um, yeah, so he basically gets transformed into energy, and his co-workers help him create a suit that contains his energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes through his powers. He's got sight and hearing, though artificial, that would match Superboy's. Or quick as thought, I can assume Chemical King's complete control over any element... He can enlarge like Colossal Boy. He can shrink like Shrinking Violet. He can phase like Phantom Girl. Can he do he can all that? I didn't know he could do all that. They never really do it <laughs> after like, this issue. Like, <laughs> I've yeah. never seen him do like getting bigger or smaller, you know? Yeah, so he was like one of my favorites when I saw all of his powers, and then mm. I realized that he never did any of them. He basically just, you know... I think it's pretty much retconned out that he doesn't have them, right, okay. or he's just too stupid to use them. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Um, but one thing that I wanted to mention was he mentions that he can assume Chemical King's complete control over any element. That's really more Element Lad's thing. Yes, you yes. Know? I thought that as well. Um, yeah. I noticed on one page uh, where he's kind of teasing this power. I can't. I don't ask me to explain, but I can't show it to you when he's when he's sort of saying like how they're saying all the powers you've got, we've already got. And he's saying, I've got one special power. But the who's the girl? She's quite busty in white. Is it Dream Girl? And she's kind of got her hair in pigtails? Dark that hair. is Princess Projectra. She looks hot as hell. Like, I've got to be honest. <laughs> if I was in the 70s, you know, I'm thinking like uh, Sinatra, early 70s. You know, he's a bit aged. That's the kind of woman who'd be on his arm kind of thing. You know, as he's swanning around. <laughs> I, I, I think that's who you're talking about. You mean the one that has like the hair up on top of her head? Uh, no. The, white hair? No, black hair in, oh, okay. in pigtails. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's Phantom Girl. Well, I like her a lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like her. She's got all the like cut out in her costume. I yeah, thought you'd like her. She looks pretty good, you know. Phantom Girl. Yep. Okay. And who's the guy in sort of the? He's kind of got the Kryptonian headband mixed in with. He's in blue. Next, he's oh. next to one L, basically. Yeah, that's. Uh... Next to Monel at the table. Well, he's standing. So in that oh, okay, in yeah. that in that picture, where on 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 page sixteen, so you've got uh, Phantom Girl, you've got Wildfire talking, saying, "I didn't want to mention it, but you forced me to admit that I made a se- to have a secret." Oh, power. okay, yeah. So to the um, right that's of Colossal Mon-El. Boy, Colossal Boy. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is his new costume. Yeah, uh, the colors are actually reversed here. It's normally red with blue highlight. Right. Um, but. This costume, actually, the speculation is, I don't know if it's confirmed, mm. that it was actually intended for Ultra Boy, and they accidentally drew it in the wrong character, because it has, like, a dragon on the symbol, uh-huh. which Colossal Boy has nothing to do with dragons, but Ultra okay. Boy does. All right. Fair Space enough. dragon. Anyway. Yeah, so he says he can only use the power once, and this is where I was talking about, Monel kind of comes off like a dick here, like, mm. look how pissed off he looks. Yeah. That like, just like a moment. Yeah. You're telling us you can duplicate the powers we already have? Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very, yeah, yeah. He's very, um, kind of bossy. You know, he's a bossy boots. Yeah, they actually do a story later on that kind of explains why he was grumpy for an era. Um, later on in the five year later stuff, <laughs> it's like <laughs> he got up late, like he went to bed late, or, or you know, his girlfriend's I don't know, fucking giving him hell or something. It'd be funny if it was just like a domestic issue. <laughs> He's basically Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. 
But no, what happened was that he died in a one of the action comic stories, and he gets resurrected. Oh. But they reveal that whenever this guy, it's kind of like how Lightning Lied was brought back by Prody. Yeah. Only he was brought back by uh, a descendant of his from the 30th century, oh. and you find out that basically there's two people in his body, kind of. Oh. So. That's it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Bouncing Boy says, "Hey, we got a an SOS." Yep. Uh, so basically, they reject uh, Wildfire. Yeah, and He's and Phantom Girl's nice to him. She's like, "I'm really sorry, Erg. No matter what they said, I think he would have made a fine member." He's like, "Thanks, Phantom Girl, but I but I guess we'll never know now, will we?" He's, like, yeah. <laughs> He's, He's kind of missing. A lot of times they'll put choke. Notice right out the word choke. <laughs> yeah. Poor and Monel is a real fucking piece of work. Like in the next page, he's got both fists raised. We will, sir, or too many worlds will starve about this food eating machine. He's very dramatic. He's very important. He's the leader. Yes. Um, But yeah, he was voted leader by the readers. uh, I should mention that's how they did it back then. That's cool. That's actually cool. Like, so was it like a lettering campaign kind of thing and you would vote like, you know? Yeah, they even did that up until like Paul Levitz was writing it. Cool. Uh, You know, the recent Paul Levitz stuff. So like, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, really? But I don't think Bendis did that when we just had an election, right? Bendis wouldn't do it. He's he's too much of a yeah. fucking dictator, like to yeah. allow. Like, I actually think that's cool, you know, that you put some of the uh, kind of creative back in the hands of the readers, you know, like yeah, I love it. Um, and it's not just does when... Jason Todd die? It's like who wants to be a leader of Legion? And then you go, okay, the results are in. Dream Girl is leader, and and, and the writer can kind of work with that, you know. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it shows them who's popular and who they want yeah. to lead, and it's just, it's I fun. think it's a great idea. Of course, Bendis has to ruin it, you know? Yeah. Um, but we see Lightning Lad there at the table. You can see he's still in his Silver Age costume, yeah. uh, but he'll be getting his uh, more modern costume soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, basically, there's this uh, giant machine that's, eating up all the agriculture on a planet called Mana 5, and the Legion have to go out to stop it, and Phantom Girl, Chemical King, and Colossal Boy go out to stop it, and you probably haven't seen Chemical King before, have no, you? No, not at all. He's probably one of the Legionnaires that appeared the least, just because he appeared right at the end of the adventure stuff, and he was never super popular, and mm. they never knew what to do with him because he has the power to control chemical reactions. Um, so he, he gets killed off, like... Yeah, you know, pretty chemical. early. Poor Chemical King, we barely knew you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so then Wildfire reveals, hey, I'm here, I came to help. <laughs> and he blows up the machine right before Colossal Boy And that was his power, it. wasn't it, that he can explode? Yeah, the one-shot hero. He can it. discharge himself from his mask. and. But it doesn't kill uh, him, it just sort of like, he, he then it's just energy after that. that. We've seen this before, but at that time we thought it killed him, yeah? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we saw him, so we assumed, like, you know, he just dissipated or something. It's cool that we can go back in time to these comics and you see how fresh the origins are. I actually think the origins for Legion are actually really quite well told, you know? Yeah, Um, I agree. Uh, I thought this was pretty strong. Uh, Carrie Bates and um, Dave Cockrum. So this was a pretty early Bates story. Good team. Carrie Bates... uh, very solid Superman writer as well, and uh, Dave Cockrum, <laughs> who, if I'm correct in saying, co-creator of Wolverine, or at least was involved. 
Uh, he, I think, did the giant size X-Men yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he did, uh, you know, going forward, he did a lot. So he didn't actually create Wolverine, but... Right. Uh, but yeah, this was actually before all that stuff, so... Yes, but I'm saying, but he... he, he, he uh, uh, an artist of note, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, cool. Yeah, so that pretty much takes us through 195. Yep, uh, good, intro, good intro to Wildfire, one of my favourites. And I think he, <laughs> he emerges on the board nice and strong. And I think that's kind of the strength sometimes of, of debuting in the in the early 70s like this. The form had kind of matured a little bit. The storytelling's a bit tighter. Um, it was kind of a good time to debut as a hero, I think. I think the form was kind of growing up around them. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're right, and I feel like... You know, that's the Bronze Age coming out, and then yeah. just the the look of Wildfire just feels, mm. I don't know, a lot more modern than what we were seeing. Yeah. He's kind of the first Legionnaire we got to see introduced after the Silver Age, yeah. uh, and he had the modern design where all the other ones were getting kind of updated around the same time. Yep. So it was just cool. Uh, and I just do want to, to say we it. need that hardcover that covers the gap between the third omnibus and the hardcovers yeah. that start from around 235 or whatever, you know. We need that, yeah, co- we need that one collection that. to put it all together, you know, really. Yeah, it should be uh, Legion Bronze Age Volume 1, I would think. That's it, man. And I know I'd buy it, you'd buy it, the Legion fans yeah. out there want it. Didio's oh. gone now, and Didio claimed the Bronze Age sold poorly, which I don't believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, bullshit from Didio. That was that was fucking spin from Didio. We know that. Well, especially Legion Bronze Age because it's such a strong period for them. Yep. Now the next issue we have one of my favorites, the Fatal Five. I I think it. you skipped one nine seven. Oh, did I? Oh dear, sorry. Um, <laughs> You're go. all right. Oh yeah. Okay, you continue with continue with one nine seven. Yeah, I did skip it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so this one features Timberwolf. Uh, this is his updated disco design, and it's kind of like his most popular design, where he looks more animalistic. Yes. Uh, people kind of compare him to, like, Wolverine. I mean, he's not that similar, but this was, like, a few years, maybe a year before Wolverine yeah. came around. I, I think it's the wolf in the name as well, and the hairstyle. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they certainly do write him as the years go by that he's sort of... I I assumed he was just DC's version of Wolverine. Like, I had no mm-hmm. idea. You know, I had no idea. How would you know who's first? You know what I mean? Like when Yeah, and then they've got the shared DNA of the Dave Cockrum. So yeah, that's kind but of it's not a bad thing. I mean, when, when, you, when you kind no, of accept yeah. that, you're sort of like, cool, okay, uh, this, is, this is a sort of similar character. And I actually kind of quite enjoy thinking of him like that, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah... Uh, Timberwolf is attacking the president is kind of the tease on the first page. Uh, and then I thought this was kind of funny is uh, Lana Lang is kind of hitting on Superboy a little bit. <laughs> I think it's but fucking he gets hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he, he uses his heat vision to make some apples fall out of a tree and knock her out. Which no, no, is no, like... It literally knocks her out. Like, what kind of fucking apple is this? Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I guess if it's like 10 feet, maybe. Yeah, but also Lana Lang, doesn't she notice his heat vision? Like heat vision is like red. I think it's like it's only red whenever it's drawn. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's also in yeah. the movies. It's red. Yeah, I guess it is. Well, but, like, not in the it'd be Man funny if she's looking at him though. and she just sees him with heat vision and he's just totally busted. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, like, "What is that going into your eye?" <laughs> but it's just what I love about it is it's the early seventies, but we're still 
kind of doing the same story with like Lana Lang and we're just fucking her around. And she said, Yeah, she's I mean, in a way, her, that's like you know? Superboy was kind of frozen in time yes, because, yes, yes, you know, yes. he still takes place 20 years before Superman. And Lana Lang is putting the moves on. She goes, I've never asked this before, but I've often wondered, how come you never try to kiss me? I'm not saying I'd let you, but I'd be flattered if at least try. Um, you know yeah. how bashful you are, Clark, but brace yourself and kiss me anyway. Satisfy my curiosity. Like, she's really, like, laying it on pretty thick to old Superboy. And he's uh, already sweating, and it's like... <laughs> so it's not the Legion that's making him entirely nervous. Like, you no. get the feeling even if the Legion hadn't called, he would have, like, knocked her out. Yeah, and she's quite shapely. If you look at that picture where he's holding her, like, I mean, you know, she's got some... I can see some boobs and looking quite sexy, you know? She's a good-looking girl. I, I mean, I, I, I was that. always kind of... You know, not totally in the Lana camp, but I could right. see myself rooting for Lana in the Betty versus Veronica. Yeah, yeah, type. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, and plus he's Superboy. He hasn't met Lois yet. He, you know, he's kind of just chilling in Smallville, and he could do a lot worse than you know a yeah. little bit of moment of pleasure. But yeah, but Lana, she's, she she comes across as quite aggressive, which is which is funny. And then, but then the classic one of my favorite things is when he's like, "Now to switch to Superboy and answer the Legion call," and then we see him fly into the far future, which I always enjoy. Yeah, I was going to mention how much I thought you would enjoy that. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we see him flying through the different time zones. Yep. Um, one thing I don't know and... is how does he know where to stop? You know, like does the does the sort of it must call him to a very precise moment so that he doesn't sort of, like, overlap or arrive where he already is. You know what I mean? Well, you can see those numbers there. He just follows those. I'm yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he literally has, like, a calendar that he's, like, just looking at as he's flying. Yeah. Well, well one thing that they do say eventually to explain, because in the Legion comics, at least in the Silver Age and Bronze Age, they treat the future like a place instead of a time right so normally right. if you go to the future you can just come back the second you left right yes but instead they act like it's going to take him oh you know it takes 10 minutes to fly to the future and then if i'm there for two hours and then i fly back it takes 10 minutes i should be home by dinner time right. like no you're flying through time you can <laughs> come and go whenever you want yes um so at one point, I know they made it a thing where he could only fly like a set amount of time into the future, right? For whatever reason, right? There is a limit to how far he can go. Well, not even that. There's a limit, but it's like you can't fly ten years in the future. You can fly exactly one thousand years into the future. Oh, I see. Oh, they got very yeah. specific with what he could do. Yeah, I'll have to look into that more. But I, I yeah, read one Superman like story where he flies. Literally, it's funny. Actually, he um <coughs> flies to the end of time, into the start of the universe again, then flies back to where he started from. So he does a complete lap. Huh. Yeah, it's that sounds of, interesting. Well, I mean, it sounds interesting. It wasn't particularly interesting. It was just funny. Oh, okay. Like it's it just like okay, I guess Superman can just do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That was the cool thing about Superman uh, in those days. Yeah, it was just like, he needed to do this so he could just do it. And he literally flies to the end of time, and then he finds out that he can cycle back to the start of time, and then he flies from the start of time to where he wanted to go. He sort of of lapped himself almost. Sounds like the easiest way to do things, I guess. Yes, I guess. (laughs) And he also Um, did it without any questioning. He was just like, yeah, did it, fine. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) 
But uh, then he uh, he arrives at the 30th century, and there's nobody around. Mm. And then he sees Timberwolf, and Timberwolf says, like, hey, what's up? And he says, I thought you were dead, yep. which stumped me because I was like, did I miss an issue? Because I don't remember this, but uh, they explain it as we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we see all the Legionnaires come out to greet him. Uh, they wanted to surprise him. Hey, it was it's another Legion prank. We see Saturn Girl looking very fetching in her little... Do you call it a bikini? Is it a bikini? It kind of is. That's um, what people call it, yeah. yeah bikini. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's connected to the waist. But it's it's a very fetching outfit, and she's like, he asked to keep out of sight so he could surprise you on his own. And um, <laughs> mission accomplished, Legionnaires. So boy just loves pranks, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, and then you see a triplicate girl there. I know she's one of your favorites. This yes. is her disco costume. Yeah, it looks very cool to me. Is she the one who's mm-hmm. behind uh, Ultra Boy there? Yep. Yeah, okay, so that's her. Yep, she looks good. I, I like the disco era, frankly. Yeah, I do too. The costumes were cool, and yeah. yeah. See, bouncing uh, boy at the back there. Yep, bouncing around, bouncing around, um, loving life. Some yeah. guy, I like. Some guys are running in like it's this big thing. Like they're they're kind of sprinting in from the sides. Oh yeah, you can see Cosmic Boy and Matter Eater there, like <laughs> sprinting in. They're kind of missing the kind of scenes, so they're just trying to get there in time. <laughs> yeah, so we see that. Um... Superboy and Timberwolf were on a mission, and the planet or comet, asteroid, whatever yeah. they were on, explodes, and he thinks that he was dead. Do you um, uh, have the advertisements from the original things? Like, do you have, like, now there are four prehistoric scenes of the hottest thing? Do you have that stuff in your copies or not? Uh, no, I've got the digital copy. Okay, cool. Because this is, this is obviously a scan of the original, and it's kind of got the old school ads, which are cool. That's cool. Yeah, I should dig out my issues going forward just because it's cool to see those. Uh, it always puts it in a... The 70s was a simpler time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, kids yeah. were just excited. Like, it was very... Kids were a lot more easily pleased, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think part of it might be, too, that we have lived past the 70s now and know that everything worked out okay because there's probably some scary stuff there, too, I guess. Sure, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we see the Legion ship, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know really what they call it or anything, but yeah, they have their own ship and they're flying along and they're kind of surveilling Timberwolf because even though, uh, he, uh, is back, they're just kind of not convinced at the situation because he was gone for like six months. Yes. And he doesn't remember any of it. Uh, he is being awarded something by the president, mm-hmm. President Kandrew Voltex, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. And then he goes crazy and he Great tries to kill page. him. And I can't away. fight an irresistible urge to kill the president. The art on that page with his face and that and like the medallion and all that, it's excellent. You know? Yeah, the stars are really cool. Mm, I really like it. Um, he flies away with them and he knocks the tower off of a, or the top off of a building. And I think this is the first time. I don't remember before this if we ever saw him being this powerful, but it was kind of crazy seeing him be able to snap off the top of a building and throw it at yeah. Superboy and Monel. Yeah, and I mean that's but way generally, more powerful than Wolverine. You know, Wolverine can't do something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think generally he's considered to be like the next strongest Legionnaire after uh, Superboy, Monel, and Ultra Boy. Cool. So he's a heavy hitter. Yeah. 
but it just seems weird with the wolf theme. I don't really know where the intense strength comes from, but it's cool. I think he's just meant to be a brawler, um, you know, a brawler, and this is just kind of like they thought we'll give him a bit more power, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so he's twirling the president, and he's going to, I guess, throw him out in space. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and I think you would like this next part, Dave, with this cape. Yeah, I fucking love this part. And then Monel, I was like, what the hell is happening to Superman's cape? But apparently there's no limit to how far my indestructible cape will stretch, Superboy says. And Monel just, like, they sort of wrap it around the spinning president so that when he gets released, he just falls into the cape, um, basically. Yeah, I mean, he could have just, like, pivoted and thrown him up yeah, because it's have. only covering a little bit. Also, whatever. no matter how he throw him, isn't Superman fast enough or Superboy fast enough to catch him? You know? You would think so. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I, if you I just got like to say that. Oh, I've never seen cape. that. I'd love to see that in a modern comic. Someone do that to his cape. That'd be <laughs> or cool. a movie. Imagine that. Yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you have an indestructible cape, you gotta use it. You know. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's got to be better um, than just for one scene where you get an atomic bomb blast and the cape survives. Do inventive stuff <laughs> like this, or so just like it's not only indestructible, it's also massively flexible. <laughs> Yeah, John Byrne was quick to get rid of that. Yeah, but I'm sure he was. Yeah, Mr. Mr. No Fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then we see Monel once again being kind of cranky. He says, I know what to do, Superboy. Yeah. I guess he could be like, I know what to do, Superboy, but yeah. he just looks like a dick sometimes. And He's got an The way Cockrum draws him. He's got an attitude on him, but the Superboy did imprison him for a thousand years. So. True. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's what it is. In kind of a prank gone wrong. You know, yeah, it's kind of a prank slash test gone wrong. Yeah, <laughs> super dick. Yeah. Um, we see that uh, Brainiac Five is rehabilitating Timberwolf. Yeah, from his uh, brainwashing. I like this. And I then, like this arc actually. How there's the brainwashing underneath the brainwashing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he gets his memories back, and it's a secret villain that's controlling him but then yeah we find out that he has another brainwashing layered underneath which saturn girl discovers and that's when you find out that tear is the one that um has brainwashed him into destroying the legion headquarters after they think that they've rehabilitated him that kind of sneak him in like a trojan horse i've got a comment here about saturn girl on this page um, where you see Tear coming in and Saturn Girl, who looks so hot as hell, it almost looks like she's yeah. got the. It almost looks like it's a navel a tattoo on like a navel, but it's actually just the thing piecing the bikini together. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah it looks hot. I just looked at it. I was like, that looks hot. And then, <laughs> and then I realized it was just like piecing it together because I was like, wow, t- she's tatted up. Um, yeah, it, it does look like that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like my commentary? Um, very, very kind of like precise commentary here. <laughs> you know, I think you would. I think you would prefer a uh, Saturn Girl with a tattoo. I feel like I do. I would. You're yeah. a tattoo guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't mind a little bit of a tattoo, and I'd give her the piercing underneath. That yeah, I was gonna say the hair. earring, the haircut, yeah. the yeah. costume. Yeah, the whole thing. And then T's a cool <laughs> character. Uh, he's a member of the Fatal Five. Am I right? No, he's not. Oh. He joins the Legion of Sub or Legion of Supervillains later. Ah, oh, okay. Um. Yeah, for me, I always thought Tyr was like a bigger villain because I saw him in my Legion comics, mm. and he was in the uh, he had his own superpowers 
action figure. He was in that oh. uh, toy set. But, uh, yeah, he really doesn't have that many appearances, even though I always thought of him as, like, a major villain, at least for the Legion. He doesn't even hear that, appear that much for the Legion. Does but, he yeah, his hand like flies the... off, and it's, like, robotic. You know, Yeah, the hand's cool. You know the one we did, um, Legion of Three Worlds, which had all the baddies? Is he in that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Oh, that's good then. Good. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yep, that one's over. He's got a big old, uh, what is that, a uh, mohawk? Yes. I just thought that was cool. I see mohawk. And then, yeah. basically, the, the hand flies off into space and escapes, which I always like, like the escaping kind of, like, evil thing. And, and tear is caught, but the hand escapes. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. 195 was kind of like a two-parter. And then this is kind of a two-parter that they yeah. did. Yeah. And they put, it like, another story in between. So it's kind of cool to have those plot threads pick and up I back up. And I think that was part of, like, probably they were, like, they realised there was a reader base out there that was paying close attention, that they could do this kind of thing. You know, they were, like, by this point in the early 70s, they were smart enough to go, okay, kids are definitely buying this month after month and want some continuity, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, I, th- I think it's a credit to the people who honestly kept Legion alive, like, back in these early days, like, you your Paul Levitzes and all these kind of people and whoever were managing the fan base and stuff. I mean, if not for them, you wouldn't have Legion comics, you know, still. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, back in the or 70s. Least... Mm-hmm. You know, and then... Uh, yeah, you sounded issue, like you liked 198. Next issue, 198, yes, was... I've got it here on my iPad. The Fatal Five. I just like The Fatal Five because I think when I was picking up Legion comics back in the early 2000s, there was a Fatal Five storyline, which I enjoyed. Um, and I like the guy with the axe. I've always liked that guy. With yeah, I thought thing. you would like him when I was reading this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably only about their fourth or fifth appearance um, so far. Mm-hmm. And they're a Silver Age creation originally, yeah? Yeah, so they appeared uh, in an early um, Jim, Shooter, or, yeah, Jim Shooter story. And now I like that when we cut to it, it's so funny, uh, Clark Kent and Lana Lang... Are in um they're in a carnival and like um Lana Lang's just as usual just giving it to Clark. Well, it isn't exactly the greatest show on earth, but maybe it'll pull you out of the dump, sad sack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's preoccupied what because there's something like scanning. Yeah, uh, he, says it, he says it's midterms, but really it's this UFO that's like scanning people and they can see themselves as X-rays and stuff, and he's just <laughs> trying to work out what's going on. But meanwhile, Lana is just kind of bitching at him really and then she they go into the haunted house and this gorilla comes and it's an actual gorilla <laughs> yeah which is unrelated to the fatal five it's just, yes, it's just a everyday occurrence it's funny though because i thought at first like all the creatures in the haunted house had become real or something like because you see dracula <laughs> there and it almost looks like wolfman but no it's just a random gorilla um Gorpo, yeah. which is funny and then he has to do this thing where he pretends to trip but he like crushes his fingers on the gorilla's neck in a numbing nerve pinch. Has, I like the yeah, one going, oh my god, up ahead, Gorpo's attacking two teenagers. And then <laughs> the, the thing is just out for the count, and Lana is not put off by this incident. She still wants to have a good time at the fair, and she goes into the fortune teller, um, mm-hmm. and the fortune teller's like, um, you know, Clark is suspicious, and he takes a gander with his x-ray vision, and the ball is really the emerald eye of Ekron, and that woman's disguised as a gypsy. Um, so then he goes, he pretends to be sick, 
he comes back and it's the Emerald Empress, who I believe is a member of the Fatal Five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool stuff. And then also working the fairies, uh, the guy, the persuader, who's got um, the axe, which I like. Um, and the axe, what can the axe do? It sort of cuts through everything, doesn't it? It's the atomic axe, yeah. Uh, can cut through anything, he says. But, you know, anytime you say that this can cut through anything or do anything, there's always going to be some kind of limits eventually. Yes. Um, but I read one the other day where uh, Shadow Lass was fighting him, and he was like, I can cut through anything, even darkness. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Um, yeah, and, and they sort of they fight and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The, the fight goes on, and they install a time sorter, um, which I think is really cool. Um, and it enables them to get rid. They install the time sorter, and then they they basically got Superboy imprisoned. And they say, "Tomorrow the Legion, death today, Superboy. Tomorrow the Legion, death to the Legion." And they kind of do their hands together, uh, three of them. Yeah. What does the time sorter do again? I forget. Uh well, it um changes time so that the Legion don't exist. Basically, okay. So in the future, yeah. the Legion will fade away, and because they've stopped Superboy, they've put Superboy in this coma. Because um, Superboy oh, was the inspiration, it. I guess, for the Legion. So if Superman never happened, it doesn't explicitly say that, but I guess that's what it means. By nullifying yeah. Superboy, they, they they actually prevent the Legion. But luckily, Brainiac and a couple of other Legionnaires—I'm not sure who the guy in the blue and green is—is um, that Element Lad? Yeah, Element Lad, that's his disco costume. He yeah. used to be pink with that big E. Um, and who is the girl in the sort of red and red and with a bit of yellow and a pink, pink hat? Uh, that's Princess Projectra. I always kind of consider her the sexiest Legionnaire. She's quite sexy. Uh, like, she's definitely got a sexy costume. I think with a better haircut, I'd be more interested. Um, <laughs> and then, is that Timberwolf? No, Karate Kid with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those two, they do. Right, okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, but they've luckily gone back in a time bubble, so they're not, they haven't been, uh, how do you say, you know... Erased or whatever. Erased, yeah, but, but Brainiac can't, he, ca- he can't communicate with the 30, 30th century because they're not there. So that's... that's yeah, that's exactly. I always thought it was fun that uh, Element Lad goes and gets some cotton candy. Oh, like, you know, there's some serious shit going on. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I guess he's taking a little trip to the little trip to the um to the to the past, so he wants to enjoy. Um, I guess so. Yeah, and now then we've got countdown to C- catastrophe, which is part three. Um, and in that one, we sort of see what's going on here. Who's the guy with the? He's kind of half robot and half human. That is Therok. Okay. All right. And then you've got um, Mano, which is the guy with the bowl on his head, and then you've got the kind of vicious one as well, the kind of, like, yeah. brutish Validus. Validus. Um, and they're sneaking around, um, blah, 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 and they've hidden the Emerald Eye, I think, in the... No, they've... they've the, 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 that's where they hid Superboy. Is that right? They hid Superboy inside the statue? The statue, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so that statue is in Smallville already of Superboy. Is that right? Because like Smallville would have celebrated Superboy. Is that is that basically what it boils down to? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he yeah. was like a he was like a hometown hero, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a bit of hijinks here. Chameleon boy up to his old tricks again. He was posing as one of the guys with the fishbowl head, um, Mano. Um, yeah. And then the whole. So thing- if you're reading closely, you should have noticed that like he was with both teams of villains. Yes. Well, they even point that out. They say, "How can there be two Manos?" You ask. Figure it out for yourselves, readers. One of them has to be an imposter, but which one? Um, so they kind of spot that out for us. Um, yeah, and then you had uh, Validus going kind of crazy. Um, how in blazes, Chameleon Boy passed through him. We've been tricked again. Uh, an illusion, that's all it was. And it turns out Validus was just an illusion from Princess Projector, yeah? Uh, no, I think he just flies away. Oh. But no, they say, how in blazes, Chameleon Boy passed right through and we've been tricked again. An illusion, that's all he was. How could we have been fooled? And then Validus has just disappeared. So I thought that that was... Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I was on the wrong page. And then Karate Kid's like, open the monument, and he does a cool... So Karate Kid finally has something to do. He, he like, punches yeah. the whole fucking monument out, which is impressive. Um, yeah. If he's just a human, like, that's some Mr. Miyagi shit dialed right up. Um, yeah, and then Superboy comes... Karate. Yeah, comes tumbling out. Look at that machine next to his body. It must be the time sorter. Destroy Karate Kid instantly. In a few seconds, it'll be too late. So he smashes it, and then two, two incredible results occur. We did it. We restored the space-time continuum back to normal. So boy's reviving. And then, funnily enough, um, the three members of the uh, Fatal Five actually appear, but they appear inside the prison of the actual Legion headquarters. Yeah. Which is unfortunate for them. <laughs> yeah, so why did we have to be standing right here? Yeah. What happened? I enjoyed this issue, like, and this is kind of my cup of tea, because it's it's kind of I, I enjoy this a lot more than Avengers issues, which you know have similar kind of um, you know storytelling stuff. I, this is where I prefer DC. I personally do. I think this was a good issue. Um, it's got that kind of slight 1970s, almost 1960s style of sci-fi. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, and the art's good. Um, you know, the art's all gone up a notch, and it was just a good a good, solid issue. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I like this one quite a bit. Um, I think it was probably stronger than the first two. Yeah. Also, you know, you get a strong uh, villain group in the Fatal Five. I, yes. I think the Fatal Five, just even just looking at them, uh, are very visually appealing. No, it was it, it was it was definitely a decent issue, and then we we, we go on to one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, again, yeah, and this Perry one kind of picked up from, from one ninety seven. Yes, yes, yes. This is the storyline, continuing storyline of Tia and his um hand. Yeah, so his handgun is coming back, and it's kind of taking the Legion hostage. I think they're just, like shooting down at the uh, headquarters. Yes. Brainiac and a few others are trying to figure out what's going on, and Superboy had just left for the 20th century, but then we find out that Superboy had actually done a double take and noticed yes. what was happening. And because pretended Dream Girl shouted out to him as he was leaving, and he she, and someone said that's just after images, um, but he actually did see and hear that something was going wrong. Yeah, exactly. And Dream Girl, who you like, of course. Mm. I, I like actually it was um, Princess Projector who shouted out, but Dream Girl was there, and I think Dream Girl in these pages is incredibly sexy. 
Is that a tattoo <laughs> on her mouth, like next to her mouth, that little star, or is that just like a little bit of glitter or something? I don't know what really it is supposed to be. It's kind of like a Marilyn Monroe uh, yeah. thing. But no, I, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like natural. She's very I, Marilyn I guess... Monroe-esque when I look at that hair, you know? Yeah, I can see body. that. Yeah, <laughs> and that body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but but I've, I've, the art in this one is great. I, see, I think the art's gone up a serious notch by the start of the 70s. Um, it's, it's really kind of like a lot more um, advanced, you know, which I guess if you think about it, like comics were moving forward by this period. Yeah, I mean, Cockrum uh, is known as one of the best Legion artists, and then after Cockrum you have uh, Mike Grell. So, yeah. you know, back-to-back yeah. -back home runs. Definitely. I like all um, the guns yeah. these guys okay. have got when they, when they unleash the guns. Like, you've got, who is it, Starboy, Brainiac 5, and Chameleon Boy. I see how they're blasting. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's blasting away. Um, but yeah, Superboy, he didn't actually return to the uh 20th century he yeah. came back and he found the gun up in space and confronts it uh meanwhile they find tear is using this as a distraction to escape yep but he gets um, captured unfortunately for him because uh brainiac five works it had and he blasts the vent which he's just sitting above and then he just comes smashing yeah. down to the ground <laughs> Exactly, and Dream Girl, uh, yeah, Dream Girl had a vision of Starboy flying to the ceiling, and yes. then her vision came true. And she's always says, "My visions always come true," and they don't always come true, actually. <laughs> but she also but questions she always... herself as well. Like, I think at one point too, she's like, "Why do you use some of my visions and all that kind of stuff?" Um, Princess <laughs> Projector, I can see why you like it here. Really, that that sort of uniform's not covering a lot. Um, yeah, it, it kind of goes, like you know. All the way down to her uh, right down. navel there. Yeah, it does. Right there. Now, I can really can see here. I can see why Brainiac's kind of looking at her, and then he's just kind of like dishing out his wisdom. <laughs> Brainiac Five's like, what are you talking about, love? And then he's like, let's face it, we're the weakest members. I don't think Brainiac Five is one of the weakest members of, of Legion. Um, I mean, so in terms of, I guess, power set, but obviously, yeah, his intellect gets him out of most of their issues yeah i mean he i'd call him a, a, a bit of a linchpin of legion you know yeah i mean if you're going for the weakest members like what about the girl that can just split into two normal girls <laughs> or uh well, you know the one that can shrink very small <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean look duplicate girl or triplicate girl whatever her name is like uh, like it's kind of more of a fun power you know what i mean it's just yeah, a bit exactly. of fun. Fun like, for Bouncing Boy, right? Fun for Bouncing Boy, and she's just a perky spirit <laughs> in general. But I wouldn't describe it as like, it's not up there with like Ultra Boy or something, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyway, it is what it is. But it, it's kind of hilarious that Superboy was so confident that he would get the gun, and then when he comes back, he's actually possessed by the gun. Because <laughs> yeah, he was get the gun, cool. he was actually really super fucking confident that he was just going to knock it out away with one one hit. Yeah, it's attached to his arm and it's controlling him. Yeah, and uh, he's about to destroy the Legionnaires. In fact, he does blast the Legionnaires, but then Tear attacks him and he's got a Kryptonite glove on. Yep. And the gun says, "Okay, I'll return to my master." But turns out Tear is actually Chameleon Boy, yep. who's got the gun to get off a of Superboy. And then you find out that Princess Projectra was just a projection that got blasted by the gun yep. and everything was good and they worked it out because they're not, 
you know, the weakest members. No, that was it was all very complicated, and um, I liked it when Superboy was like, "My pals choke gone forever." <laughs> yeah, that's the choking. <laughs> he's so dis- he's so about. disheartened, you know. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it turns out it was a very complicated little uh, ruse by by those members, and they completely triggered. And, and so Ty is back in prison now. That was the end of his. Uh, that was the end of his um, escape attempt. He didn't get too far. Yep. Nope. Yeah. And I was surprised actually that this one had two Legion stories because you know it's still yes. considered a Superboy book, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, a couple of them do, and so this one was just uh, it was kind of what was it the Bouncing Boy story um, mm-hmm. of how he met with the father of a previous no the son of a previous villain, and he survives you know using his wits and stuff like that. And, and this father, this son was saying, I'm going to start from the bottom rung, which is Bouncing Boy, and Bouncing Boy proves he's, uh, you know, he's a match for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Hunter was the original villain, and this is his son. Uh, do you like his ponytails? <clears throat> Let me have a look. Um, not particularly, no. Um, yeah, they look pretty stupid. Pretty but yeah, he gives himself a cold when he's out running away. It's basically that, what was the name of the, the story? It's called The Most Dangerous Game or something. Mm. Yeah, it's basically a take on that. And uh, he ends up getting himself sick so that when he's floating in this anti-gravity chamber that the hunter had revealed he would kill him in, that when he sneezes it projects him backwards and he bounces around, which was kind of contrived, the fact that he would take him to an anti-gravity chamber to kill him. I don't really get that, but... Whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't realize when I was reading it first time that, that it was actually because he had a cold. I thought he just did a fake sneeze, but he actually had a cold. Yeah, he said, just as I hoped, my ice water dip left me with a cold. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. That um, was a fun little story. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. He just knocks the guy out and the guy's like, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just so like, If I'm the worst legionnaire, what's that make you, buddy? Yeah, and he's just like, it just ends with Bouncing Boy with his foot on the guy and holding the gun. And, the, and the, he's just like, darn it. Like, <laughs> it's kind of Pippi Longstocking. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it wasn't that guy's best day out. Like, you know, really, yeah. he was struggling. Um, okay, then we had, uh, was it issue 200? Which is a cool issue, which I'd read before. So basically the issue is the, the marriage of Duplicate Girl and Bouncing Boy. Is it Duplicate Girl or Duplicate Duo or something? Uh, at this time, it's Duo Damsel. Duo Damsel. So her marriage to Bouncing Boy, who'd lost his powers, so he was going to be leaving the Legion, but he was about to... He was kind of upset, but he went and proposed to Duo Damsel because if... You know, she, she can leave the Legion as well when they're married, I guess, but it also turns out that she can't... I think it was really interesting. She can't... She's lost the ability to duplicate. Yeah. She can't work out why. They do... It was interesting that he thought that since he's leaving the Legion that he would, like, just have to break up with her. Like, the marriage thing never occurred to him. Or, like, they couldn't just continue dating. Yeah, but I think he... Yeah, well, that's a good point. But I think he just thought (laughs) he's going to lock it down, you know. And... I should mention, not too long before this, though, she actually was super into Superboy. Really? Uh... Yeah, they were kind of like, uh, you know, they were kind of teasing a relationship between those two. But Superboy at this time actually isn't a member. He is just... Uh, like a reserve member, isn't he? 
Yeah, because he had to quit because the Legion could only have 25 <laughs> members at a time due to what? taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so they got rid of Superboy, one of their biggest members. Um, yeah, he, he chose it. That seems harsh, though. Like, I know Superboy is very noble, but, um, you know, you're losing one of your heaviest hitters. But then it, it's the old thing. You go to being a reserve member. What's the difference, really, for him? You know? I mean, it's not because, I mean, he doesn't. It's not like he lives there anyway. So yeah, he whenever doesn't. he visits. Yeah, so it's like whenever they need him, they can just ask for him. Uh, I think yeah. previously in reading them, he he kind of appears monthly for monthly meetings. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, the the crux of this storyline is that she, I thought it was really interesting, she she can't duplicate, is it Brainiac who does a study on her? And it turns out that this villain had eliminated one of the, one of the girls, and so the reason she and she's suffered massive psychic um, kind of trauma, and has kind of blocked it out of her mind. Um, yeah, and she'd already lost one of her cells. Yes, which is kind of sad. Like it's kind of sad that she lost one. Like, did they cover that in a story at some point? Yeah, it's uh, against Computo. At the time in the Silver Age, she was kind of like, "Oh, hey, it's okay. He only killed one of me." <laughs> like they led you to believe at first that he killed all of them like when she was one right but then she's like oh it's fine uh i'm fine okay. but then you know as the stories became more complicated and mm. uh, the characters more complicated they kind of uh showed how that actually gave her a lot of trauma yeah well it's still a third of your personality you know yeah um yeah. anyway so this big lizard thing uh caught her um and then and lorno's her name um, apparently. Yep. And he's like, easy, Lono, the worst is all behind you, but I'm afraid your twin is gone for good. You'll never be a Jew again. Um, but that, does, that shouldn't matter to you now because you have your whole new life ahead of you as a devoted wife. You, you're right, <laughs> Brainy, as always. Like, you know, look on the bright side, I guess. I really <laughs> like the this page with all of them there at the wedding, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Oh, you skipped over, though, one thing I thought we should mention is they're teasing Wildfire coming back. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, but anyway. the energy that's flooding her. Kind of disappointed that Crypto's not there, um, where Superboy is. Um, yeah, they don't have Crypto, do they? Martian Manhunter's there for some reason? I think it's just only because he's they're getting married on Mars. Uh, <laughs> Tars Tarkas from John... Uh, John uh, John Carter of Mars oh. is also there. Really? Yeah, on the far what? left, the tall guy, that's supposed to be him. Why is he there, though? He's not a DC character, is he? Uh, I, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the time. Yeah, just But yeah, like the that. other ones here is, they're all like other 30th century superheroes, so they have the Tornado Twins, who is the Flash's kids. Right. Um, they have the Legion of Substitute Heroes are here. The Wanderers are here. The Heroes of Lalor are all there. So that's kind of cool. Who is the girl who's kneeling down? Is is that one of the... Who is that, actually? That's uh, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl. Her and Triplicate Girl joined at the same time. I see. Her, and Bouncing Maybe not Boy... at the same time, but they were like number four and five after the Founders. Right. Bouncing Boy's there. Saturn Girl's there behind, clasping her hands, looking very happy. Who's the blonde guy? Oh, that's Lightning Lad. Yeah? Yep, he's got his new costume now. Yeah, cool. Great, great picture. 
if you see who are the people in the green on the left-hand side, you see Timberwolf has got his arms around someone. And you see two that all, the woman almost looks like she's bickering with the guy in green. She's in green. So Timberwolf has his arm around Light Lass, and then next to Light Lass is Shrinking Violet. Right. And then Shrink, Shrinking Violet, she dates one of the heroes of Lalor. That's Duplicate Boy. I see. Oh, he duplicates other superpowers. Is that Supergirl there next to yep. Brainiac? She's uh-huh. in, she's there are a couple unusual uniform for Supergirl. Yeah, that was she had that V-neck type thing for a while. Like this is probably soon after wearing. she got it. It almost looks like lingerie mm-hmm. she's wearing on the legs. Oh yeah, that is a little odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just noticed it's it. Like a diaper. Yeah, it's just a weird. It's just a weird look for Supergirl. Like the S is really small. Yeah, I always actually preferred that design. She kind of has this all the way throughout to the 80s. Okay, all right, cool. All right, and who's is is that anyone of note who's performing the ceremony? Or is it just I don't know. I don't think priest? so. Yeah, okay. Um all right. And then um but just as he's about to kiss the bride, she collapses. Um and he does a swift examination. She's dying. Joe Damsel's dying and then up turns Starfinger with a madcap plan. Starfinger has um, yeah, Starfinger's, Starfinger's uh, pretty lame. Yes, he is quite lame. And his plan is quite lame. He wants to create more versions of Starfinger, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's trying to take her powers. Yeah, so he can just duplicate and duplicate and duplicate himself, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then it turns out that um, underneath Starfinger, it was really Superboy all along, yeah? When, when he comes to fight him, is that right? Am I right in saying that? I don't think all along it was. I think that he thinks that he duplicated himself, but really, yes, it's yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. He'd gone back. He'd gone back to the Legion base, got on the Starfinger from their collection of costumes, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. It's from Legion from Legion headquarters. Um, yeah, and we see a, a pretty cool image with. Um, who is it, Shadow Lass, talking to Monel? You're right, Mon. When mm-hmm. Chuck and gone, we'll be two members short. We need them now more than ever. I'm glad you agree, Shadow Lass. When Subaru returns, I'll ask him to rejoin us as a full-time legionnaire. And I plan to fill the other vacant spot. The energy thing says nothing can stop me, and it's kind of left with a question mark. Yep, and we know who that is from the man, the next issue. But you said you liked this one pretty well, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought the Starfinger thing was a bit lame. But I, I really like I like a wedding issue in general, and I liked that page a lot. <clears throat> of the, yeah, me too. Yeah, to me, would you call that a key issue because it features the wedding of two big characters? I'd say so, especially the first Legion wedding yeah. and the fact that they both quit the Legion afterwards. Yeah. Seems like a big yeah. loss to the Legion for Bouncing Boy to go and also Joy Damsel. <laughs> Yeah, um, they kind of stick around uh, as reserves, and then they rejoin at one point, and then they also go on, and they're like the main teachers at Legion Academy, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, well, good. Yeah. Okay, so, so they hang around. So the next one, uh, 201, um, is obviously the return of Wildfire. and Who, also... I guess we should mention, has not been called Wildfire yet. He's Erg-1. Oh, Erg-1. Which is a lot worse than Wildfire, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then also the uh, substitute, not substitute heroes, but it's people trying to get into the Legion, whatever you call them, like applicants. 
Yeah, one of my favorite things is elections, and the other is tryouts. Yeah. Um, okay, so... So we got Infectious Last, Porcupine Pete, and Molecular Master, or Molecule Master. Porcupine Pete's got no idea. He just flicks out those porcupine things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, he and Infectious Last actually become recurring members. Right. And eventually, or recurring characters, and they actually end up joining the subs. Cool. Uh, Infectious Last is funny because she just makes uh, one of the legends really sick. And then yeah. they're like, there's nothing we can use this power for. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> and um, it's Yeah, Superboy he gives him like a hernia or something. It's Superboy doing the uh, the the sort of tests, um, isn't it? Because um, he explains to them about about wildfire uh, without a moment's oh, yeah. hesitation. Erg made the supreme sacrifice. That, regardless of how mighty your individual power, is a true test of a legionnaire. Dismissed. He's kind of quite sort of like emphatic. Um, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. I think he's the deputy leader at this time. Right. Okay. So he's like, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just kind of in a bossy mood. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I did find it funny when, um, it's Starboy who gets really sick and, oops, I must have hit him with too strong a dose, but he'll be okay in a few minutes. Um, oh, I'm terribly sorry about this, Superboy. And so are we, because we can't accept a power that suddenly could put us all on the sick list. Rejected. <laughs> it's quite brutal. Um. Yeah, it's super dick. Yeah, it's funny though. And then, um, and then the, this one character... Molecular Master, um, he seems to control all this power, and they're saying to him, you've passed the first test, there are seven more exams. Um, but then Wildfire has been trying desperately to get back into his body, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, well, that's they say that he's trying to possess a different Legionnaire, yes. which is not something he ever does ever again. So, But it was cool that he tries, and he finds out that I like the artwork on, on page 10 where you see that he's an android. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it looks really cool. I, you know, I think considering the time and place that it was done, it's, it's really quite cool. Um, and he finds out that the guy's got this gas that's um, making everyone pass out. So all the, all the members pass out, including the mightiest legionnaire of all, Superboy, um, Dream And it's, it's fatal gas, too. fatal yeah. gas, he says. It's a dream girl who's being carried in, in, in uh, Superboy's arms, which is nice for Superboy. And that's a uh, Phantom Girl. Oh, Phantom Girl. It's not Dream Girl. Okay, that's yeah. it's a Phantom Girl. Right, okay. Who, what does she do? She can walk through walls and stuff. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. right. I'm getting confused with Dream Girl. Yeah. Dream Girl's blonde, <laughs> isn't she? Yes, she's the one you like. I, do like, I also like Phantom Girl. And yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 not exclusive to one particular legend. Um, and then, yes, and so then it goes on that um, Wildfire, by this point, has come into his suit. Um, yeah, he uses the Miracle Machine. Basically, the Miracle Machine is like a wish machine, yes. which is what the Molecule Master was there for. Um, yes. But yeah, he makes a wish that the gas becomes non-fatal and just puts the Legionnaires to sleep. Yes. And he makes a wish to get his costume out, which you'd think he could just wish that the gas go away, like... It would probably still be handy to have the other legionnaires around, but yeah. Whatever. But he wants to prove that. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, so then he comes out and he said, "I like Wildfire, though. I reckon he's cool, and he, he's, yeah, a, he's cool. a cool visual, and the art's very strong." And so basically, he then he then beats um, Molecular Master, who's just an android, so he completely goes to town on him. Um, now, one last thing: I'll use the machine to awaken the legionnaires and transport them to this room. 
And Superboy's like, great Krypton, I must be hallucinating. Can, can it really be him? Has he come back from the dead? Like, everyone's just like, wow. Um, and then he's like, phew, and I thought the adventure was just about over. The toughest part is yet to come, explaining what happened here today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, uh, the the Miracle Machine is a, like a pretty common Deus Ex Machina-type sure. device in Legion stories. Um, I think it was also used in like Final Crisis, even. Really? Uh, okay. Superman like makes a wish and fixes everything, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, something we'll see again for sure. It's a bit um, of fun though, I find. You know, like oh yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's um, fun. Uh, we then had a very short story at the end um, with uh, one of my favorites, Dream Girl, um, who is looking mm-hmm. incredibly fetching when she she bursts out of the covers there where she's asleep, um, yeah. and she's like, "Shriek, uh, Legionnaire is dying." And that's after she she's sort of saying to Karate Kid that she thinks her powers are useless after he prevents a mugging. Um, these these two idiots, one guy in sort of like almost like a wizard's hat, try to mug them. <laughs> and and Karate, yeah, I just noticed that. <laughs> Karate Kid uh, just funny. dominates him with his kicks. Um, and so then she's worried that there's like a, I like it when um she comes rushing in. She can fly. I, I noticed. Yeah, she can fly. She comes zipping in. in. A flight ring. Yeah, well, that's right, with the flight ring, and Karate Kid's just there eating, <laughs> just watching something on the screen. <laughs> He's just, like, chilling out. He's like, am I in time to save you? Save me? Save me from what? Um, and then she doesn't know who's going to die. Um, they're going through all the people on all the different missions. Um, Lightning Lad is on a mission with Phantom Lass, is that right? That's Phantom Lass? Uh, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl, okay. Um, and, you know, there, there's all sorts of hijinks going on there. Um, and then they're thinking, can he see his own demise? And then he, she's thinking, is it my own demise? He kills over. Um, and it's really interesting that you find out that when they go there, that he was actually hit by this laser blade and didn't realize that he was on the verge of death. Um, and cause his rigid yeah. training disciplined him to shut out pain. And then everyone's like, it was your death. I dreamed about you. appeared to be so normal. I didn't suspect the truth until it was almost too late. But you were there when I needed help because your premonition brought you to the monitors. Um, like I told you before, Nura, every legionnaire is important, including you. And thanks to your power, I'm still alive to remind you. And then there's like Raniac 5 cheesily smiling to the camera. Um, and that's that's it. It was just a nice little... I actually enjoyed this little kind of one-shot, like, you know, short story. Yeah, I think that's kind of the great thing about this era of the Legion. And um, I think this... 201 is actually my favorite of what we read. I'd probably give it like a eight and a half, and I'd give the rest like an eight. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just kicks off uh, the next maybe 10 or 15 issues of just mm. really good stories that are usually like half issue stories. And I think we'll cover um, some of these, you know, now that we've kind of hit a nice, a nice flow in, in future Legion Outposts. For sure. Um, I mean, I'd give it. For these classic stories, I'd give them an 8.5 overall as a score. I really enjoyed them. They didn't... Um, they were fast reads, but in a pleasurable way. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was, there was was nice content in there. There was nice action. Someone like Bendis could learn a lot by going back and studying these old comics. Um, yeah, I agree. Did you have a favourite of the ones we read? Uh, let me think. Um, I enjoyed the last one quite a lot. Um, yeah. I like the wedding issue up until Starfinger. I think Starfinger is a bit ridiculous, but I did enjoy the wedding yeah. um, issue. 
I, overall, I yeah, I, I enjoyed them all, really. I liked the Fatal Five storyline. I liked the, I really liked that one where Lana Lang gets hit by the apple. I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, yeah, that, was funny. yeah that was just humorous to me. Yeah, I mean, look, they're very much of a piece. I, 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 re- I like the story with Wildfire, how he's introduced. He still doesn't have his name yet. Um, yeah, that happens in the next issue for like one page, and then he's not in the rest of the issue. Okay. Um, we'll work out what to do. So by next issue, maybe there'll be an issue 11 of Bendis. Um, I think we could maybe do that issue we were talking about. What were we talking about? There was something in... Oh, the one shot in Legion of... In Doomsday Clock? Maybe? Oh, yeah, we could do that. Potentially, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll decide. But I do want to thank all the listeners. Um, I, I hope you've been enjoying so far. Some of you guys and gals out there will be very experienced Legionnaires like Adam is. I'm obviously, you know, still learning, but I'm enjoying it. Um, we've got the Legion Outpost Facebook page and Twitter. Please join us on that. Um, Signal of Doom, this is all part of the Signal of Doom network. We have a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. That was highly appreciated. It all goes towards show hosting fees and equipment. Um, you know, and it's just we're having a great time. And Adam, I hope you're enjoying yourself. Thank you very much for all the knowledge you bring uh, episode after episode. Oh, thanks, Dave. Thanks for all the enthusiasm that you bring. Well, man, you know, where would you be without my, you know, my constant comments on Dream Girls costumes and, you know, <laughs> constantly getting confused between Shadow Lass and whoever else, you know. <laughs> I, I, I am getting a lot better at it, but sometimes some of the similar ones I, I get a bit confused by. Um, yeah, and, I mean, there's a lot. And also their them. costumes change, you know, some of the costumes change, so that makes it extra hard, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but I, no, I, I genuinely enjoy it. It's kind of like the an era that I've always wanted to explore more of, um, and I'm really pleased. We've hit the 70s, you know what I mean? And I'm always open to doing more older issues, like little one-shots, but I, I like this period, you know what I mean? This is kind of my jam. Um, when it's kind of entering that era, I think that the stories are quite fascinating, and I really do hope DC get this Bronze Age out so that I can complete my, basically, that part of my collection. But we've got a lot more stuff to come. We've got tons of Legion, so... No, it'll be a yeah, lot of fun. There's so a lot out there. There's heaps out there. Uh, until next time, good night, Legionnaires. Mm-hmm.